Hero Rewatch! I like it when I do that. I like it too. Uh, Everyone likes it. Tell us if you don't like it, we'll stop. Uh, I'm Marley. No, I won't. <laughs> he will. I pro- I'll make him. You can't stop me. <laughs> uh, I'm Marley Halpern Grazer. Uh, I'm 37. I write cartoons. Austin, what's your deal? Austin Halpern Grazer, 25 doing TikToks for the library and just having a good time in New York City. Uh. Summer's coming up and I got my bathing suit all ready. <laughs> I thought you were going to be like, I got my bathing suit on right now. Oh, yeah, I'm ready to jump in the Hudson. <laughs> well, I do have a very special outfit on that uh, our listeners uh, at home cannot see, which is I'm wearing my Jack Kirby shirt that I got from the Jack Kirby Museum, which just says Kirby with a big floating overly designed Jack Kirby head and I'm wearing it because it's my favorite shirt and because we're talking about Thor Ragnarok the Jack Kirbyest movie they've ever made oh yeah for sure also I like the shirt because since it just says Kirby and it just has a big robot monster head on it you could also imagine it's a thing that Kirby the little pink ball man is about to swallow and gain the powers of <laughs> uh, yeah you know it works on two levels uh, I do like it because what I, I what I do like about it is that it's you know just a weird Jack Kirby like painting that he just did for himself, uh, and it's not you know one of his many characters that are owned by Disney. <laughs> it's a very nice shirt, Marley. Thank you. Um, uh, or owned by Marley's parent company, <laughs> Warner yeah. Brothers. Yes. Not parent company, just your company. Yeah, well, no, co- yeah. they own you, so yes. it's your parent company, yeah, Warner, Marley. Warner, yeah, Warner Brothers owns me. Warner Discovery owns Warner Brothers. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, yes, so Warner they, Discovery is your grandfather. Yeah, Warner Warner Brothers Discovery is my grandfather. Warner Brothers is my father. Uh, and yeah, you're right. Uh, my father, Warner Brothers, owns a couple of Jack Kirby's best characters, like Darkseid and Big Barda. And Bugs Bunny is your mom. Bugs Bunny is my mom. Uh, yeah, that's, yes, you're right. Or is Bugs sure. Bunny your brother? Yeah, well, yeah, I guess Bugs Bunny's my uncle, maybe? Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the important thing... Who you work for. Yeah, who I work for. Uh, the important thing is, uh, right now, Kapow, the show I created for Warner Brothers, mm-hmm. is my child that I do not have legal custody of. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's joint custody, too, right? Between, does Disney own part of it? No, Disney just licensed it. So, eventually, my father, Warner Brothers, will have full ownership of my child right now, Capel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's good. Yeah, that at least we don't have to split the visitation rights. I just have to go over to one conglomerate's house. <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Thor Ragnarok. Uh, this is like the, the uh, good one. Yeah, um, we're we're excited. So uh, I guess I skipped the part we don't need to say every time anymore, which is we're uh, we're rewatching the Marvel Studios movies, seeing what we think of them. We're brothers, uh, whatever. Not married. That's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're because we have to always clear up why we have the same last name. Yeah, because um, there's two options. <laughs> two options, or the world's greatest coincidence. Yeah. Oh God, uh, can you imagine? I I know for a fact there are no other Halpern Grazers in all of history, but what if there were? If there is another one, 
boy, are they going to be my friend. Uh, or enemy. I don't or, know. Yeah. I used to think that because I have, uh, you know, my name is Marley, which is, as a, as a first name, is often a woman's name. Uh, and it, it occurred to me once back when I was still single that not only could I date a woman named Marley, but I'm actually more likely than the average person to do it. Because if I had ever been at the same party as a woman named Marley, people would have made sure we met. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but your first conversation would have probably been weird. <laughs> yeah, um, but I do have a friend named Alicia who did uh, date an Alicia. Really? Yeah. Wow. So I know it can happen. <laughs> That's awesome for Alicia. Yeah. Um, must be a weird thing of being like, if we get married, this is going to be insane. <laughs> I mean, I guess, too, you know, same-sex couples, too. It's, there's a yeah. lot of ways for it to happen. Yes. It, but it's, it's... Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, there's got to be a lot of Johns that are married to each other. I just don't even want to know another Austin. <laughs> you know, that's where I draw the line. Yeah, that's a pretty common name for your age, though. You must you must know other Austins. Yeah, I know a bunch. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> so you're like, you heard me, every Austin I know. I do not want to know you. <laughs> yeah, I know none of them are listening to this. Uh, Austin Jones, who was on the Sarah Lawrence basketball team. I don't think you're listening to this podcast. All right. Um, well, if you are, uh, let us know. <laughs> yeah, nice guy. Um, hope uh, he's doing well. Anyway... Uh, we're gonna do things a little bit different on this episode. We're gonna do things a little bit mad. Yeah, we're gonna, yeah, we're going, we're gonna, we're gonna, this is a multi-part episode. This is a multi-themed episode where we're gonna talk about a multiple of, of Marvel movies in a, a slightly unhinged way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're gonna talk about Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness because it just came out and me and Marley haven't really talked about it yet. Um, but we're only gonna talk about it for 15 minutes exactly. I'm setting um, a I'm setting a timer. So uh yeah, so this is uh you know, sometimes we we jokingly jokingly or just straight up incorrectly say spoiler alert when we start talking about the plot of the movie we are officially talking about. Uh, but this feels like a good time to actually say spoiler alert. This movie has only been out for two weeks. Uh, we're yeah. going to just be talking about the plot of Doctor Strange in, in the Multiverse of Madness for exactly 15 minutes. So if right now you skip forward 16 minutes, you will, you'll miss all the spoilers and you'll be fine. Yeah, I'm talking to you, Jan, if you're still <laughs> listening to the podcast. Yeah, well, first of all, stop listening to the podcast and go watch Doctor Strange. <laughs> Yeah, you have 15 minutes. Watch it sped up and then come back. <laughs> I like to think it's not possible to pause the podcast. It is like not. They, have to, they don't skip ahead. They walk away. Yeah, walk away for 16 minutes. Uh, okay, we better start so that that 16 thing is real. Uh, okay, I am starting the timer now. I'm so glad Sam Raimi's making movies again. Everything in this movie that I'm excited about is just a cool, some cool Sam Raimi bullshit. Like, yeah, I don't care about freaking Professor X and Reed Richards and Anson Mount back as Black Bolt. I care about fucking evil dead Doctor Strange. Yeah, no, all of the Sam Raimi stuff is the best part. I'm like, it's so funny to me that I I've seen it twice. And the point in the movie where I'm like, man, this they could not have this is all of the fan service meeting the people in the middle. I'm like... It's just, it, 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 that's the only thing I feel like it really, really slows down because it has such a like 
Evil Dead pace up until that point. Yeah. They're just constantly falling down. No, I, I agree. Like, one amazing thing about the another amazing thing about this movie is 100% as much happens in this movie as any modern superhero blockbuster, but it's 40 minutes shorter. It's only two hours long. Yeah. Yeah. You know what movie is also only two hours long? Thor Ragnarok. Well, it's you like, know, I'm, I'm sensing a theme. Maybe that's how long movies should be. <laughs> yeah. Thor Ragnarok is like two hours and eight minutes. Okay. I but... mean, I think I think Doctor Strange is two hours and four minutes. <laughs> okay. So, you know, but both great movies. Yeah. No, it's so cool. There's so many cool just like scene transitions and stuff too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, what I want to see from him is uh, him get to see a, a goblin movie with... $200 million. Yeah. <laughs> I would love for him to get to do that. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just so fun. I mean, I'm, I'm way, I'm way deeper into the, like the capital letters MCU internet fandom, even though I do not like it and I do not see myself as part of it. The algorithm knows that I like these movies. So it's all, it shows me on every platform. And I was just so aware of the just cacophony of people that wanted John Krasinski to play Reed Richards and just the endless sea of photoshops of him in bad uh, Reed Richards costumes that by the time they actually showed it to me, I think maybe it made me feel sick. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Marley, did you like, though, that in your own words, you think a lot of the issue with Reed Richards in the comic is it's everyone saying this is just the best guy in the world and then he sucks. Yeah. Did Did you like that in the movie someone just says, here's Reed Richards, the smartest man in the world, and then he sucks for four minutes and dies? Uh, yeah, I did like that. I thought that was very funny. Uh, what I really liked, though, is how they strategically cut around his stretching power. Oh like, my God, if yeah. you didn't know that Reed Richards could stretch, you would still not know that from this movie. Because there's one shot where he's it, he's just stopped stretching, and then one shot where he just starts to stretch. And that's it. <laughs> yeah, they had not figured it out yet. Yeah. Uh, I, I forget if I've, I've already told you this joke off mic, but uh, it doesn't matter because I, I definitely haven't said it on mic. Uh, so since we recorded, when we recorded Spider-Man, I was joking that uh, about John Watts making a Fantastic Four movie. Mm-hmm. And since then, he has stepped down from the Fantastic Four movie, uh, and he's mm-hmm. not going to be directing it anymore. And they say it's just, you know, they're not even saying creative differences. They're just saying he's tired from making all those Spider-Man movies and wants to do something else. Probably true. I say that what happened is John Watts saw the early test footage of Reed Richards stretching and was like, I quit. I quit. <laughs> they were like, here we go. We've been working on it. Uh, we've been doing some previs. Here's what we think it's going to look like. Here's a couple of options. What do you think? And he was like, I quit. I am not going to make this movie. You cannot make me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he looked at it and it just looks exactly like Miles Teller stretching. And you're like, that's... Mm. <laughs> You can't really do it if it's a... The craziest thing is in the comics, Reed Richards is stretching all the time. He's never not stretching. Yeah. And he's always stretching, like, across a room. Yeah. Like, it's not like he's stretching one limb. All of his body is stretching. I think that's the key thing, is that in the movies, he's usually just stretching limbs, because that's easier to do. But in the comics, he's, like, most often stretching his center. Like, it's his torso that's never human proportions in the comics. He's just always longer than he should be. Yeah, and then, like, in this movie, he's such a serious character. And I don't know how you square that with it being a rubber man. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I saw this movie with my friend Anthony, and it was, I think, his favorite MCU movie he's ever seen. Because he doesn't normally like these movies that much, mm-hmm. but loves Sam Raimi. Oh, um, uh, yeah. And, like, you can tell it's a Sam Raimi movie. Um in a way that I thought would it, I did not think it would be this noticeable. Like I thought that well, it yeah, would be way even, more toned down. Even his Spider-Man movies, which obviously I love, are less Sam Raimi than this. Like Spider-Man 2 very famously has like one scene where Dr. Octopus is killing a bunch of doctors and that feels like a Sam Raimi movie and the rest of it mostly doesn't. They have like the, the Sam Raimi Spider-Mans have kind of their own tone. Um, yeah. But this felt like friggin' Drag Me to Hell. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's very it's very cool. Also, like I don't know how this movie is PG thirteen. Like it's so <laughs> violent. So here's what I say: Everyone freaking has forgotten what PG thirteen is supposed to mean. It's supposed to mean almost R. Like I actually think I don't know. I I yeah. I, I I loved it because like yeah. You could kill people in a PG-13 movie. You're allowed. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Because uh, Indiana Jones, someone's heart gets ripped out. Yeah, they invented the rating to show someone's heart being ripped from their chest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Um, uh, everyone's babies. They've forgotten how cool it is when eyeballs get ripped out of sockets. Uh, and uh, and eight million people's heads get exploded. Eight million people's heads get exploded. Uh, yeah. Uh, people get chopped in half by their own vibranium shields. People, yeah. people blow their own brains out with their supersonic powers. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's great. Patrick Stewart was there. Yeah, Patrick Stewart was there. Okay, this is my one complaint about this movie. So, here's the thing about Patrick Stewart as Professor X. I have never wanted to see him die, ever. And Mm -hmm. instead, I've seen it three times. Mm. And I don't want to watch people kill Professor X anymore. (laughs) Mm. I didn't like it when Jean Grey killed him. I didn't like it when clone Logan killed him. And I don't like it when Wanda kills him. (laughs) You just don't want to see Professor X die? I want to live in a world where he's alive. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Especially because comic Professor X has been a cartoonish supervillain for like 25 years. I really like that movie Professor X is still mostly a nice man, even if he makes mistakes sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, in this movie, everyone else in the Illuminati is kind of a baddie. And mm-hmm. he's like, no, I believe in the goodness of everyone still. How much time do we have? We got seven minutes. Uh, oh, great. Pretty let's good. just like, I don't know, drink some lemonade. We don't yeah. even. Let's just calm. Um, let's slow it down. But, yeah, oh, I, but actually, I do want to make sure we don't spend too much time talking about the fan service Illuminati scene that we both say is our least favorite part of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, but it's funny. I know. Like, I know. I don't know. But yeah, because it's like the most newsy. Uh, did you like how Wanda, Wanda, Batty Wanda? Yeah, I did. I mostly did. I thought, yeah, I thought she was great as the villain in this movie. I'm, I'm conflicted about the fact that at this point, Wanda's always the villain in the comic stories. And I think that this movie did a pretty good version of it. It's probably the best version of Wanda as villain that's ever been done. Um, and obviously they were gonna do it. Uh, I just think it's, I was, I just think it's kind of a shame. It's, it's just the thing in comics where it's like, Dark Phoenix, Phoenix in X-Men, it was a big deal that she was a woman who was incredibly powerful. Like, the whole premise was they wanted someone on the X-Men to be as strong as Thor, and they thought it'd be cool if that was a woman. 
And so that's mm-hmm. what was cool about Phoenix. And then it was, you know, a big deal when they had Phoenix become evil and become the dark Phoenix. And then she had to kill herself to save the universe. And that was just such a monumental, like, groundbreaking story that they've been copying it ever since. And it's become, like, the only story that ever gets told with female superheroes is they become too powerful, they become evil, and they have to die. And mm-hmm. Wanda in the comics was kind of the first time they copied Dark Phoenix because John Byrne, who drew Dark Phoenix, did the first storyline where Wanda snaps because of her children being taken away from her and becomes evil. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just don't like any of those Wanda stories as much as Dark Phoenix. And But I do think this movie is a better version of that story than we've ever seen of Dark Phoenix in a movie, certainly. Uh, and the, of Wanda, and the best version of that with Wanda. What did you think? Uh, I was just saying, I feel like in the comics, a lot of times the bad thing she does, she doesn't even do like on purpose. Like it's a lot of like her powers are so powerful that she's not in control of them and is rewriting reality without knowing it and making people go crazy without knowing it. Like I just read the Trial of Magneto comic where she accidentally summons big monsters to destroy the island by accident and didn't know. um, And then they all have to fight them or whatever. So it was nice that she's at least like, conscious in this movie and is doing the things even though at the end she's like oh no i guess i I was being mind controlled by the evil book um yeah i i I agree i like i like that at least and this is something they didn't really do very well with dark phoenix in uh especially the new dark phoenix movie they do it a tiny bit in the original uh x-men the last stand um at least in this movie like, Elizabeth Olsen gets to be a really good villain. She's probably one of the best MCU villains since Hela, the one we're going to talk about today, who is actually a little similar in the way she's executed. Mm-hmm. Um, and and also, like, I, I was thinking that usually in the comics, the best, most iconic story with a villain is not their first appearance. Usually mm-hmm. the best version and best story is one of their later appearances once you've gotten to know them and they have relationships with the heroes. And uh, you never get that in the movies because the villains always just die. I think it's one of the reasons Loki is one of the best Marvel villains is that we've seen him a bunch and we know him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so having Wanda, a hero, become a villain gets you some of that effect where like she's more effective than the other villains because you know who she is. You know her deal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they you're invested in her and it's... it's um... Yeah, I will say I didn't like any time people were just shooting uh, uh, lasers in this movie, Mm -hmm. Um, but I like how much they're not shooting lasers, but the sequence where Wanda's just shooting lasers at the force field and stuff, I felt like a little like, this isn't... This isn't magic. I don't know. I mean, I know that's how her powers have always looked in these movies, but yeah. they this started doing the stuff where they're like doing more spell warping reality stuff. Yeah, um, I re- I really love that they put a lot of effort in this movie into making sure that Doctor Strange specifically was not just making magic whips and shields. Uh, he was doing a lot more cooler, inventive uh, magic in yeah. this movie. I, I love, love the when he summons a bunch of snakes that mm-hmm. are like biting at her. Yeah, and you and Benedict Cumberbatch is just going like, yeah. like <laughs> it's great. He's making snake sounds. Yeah, that's great. Uh, I like when he just summons two big monster hands to impale the uh, the giant octopus monster. Yeah, um, I love what there's a, you know, at some point when they're going through the multiverse, he finds an evil Doctor Strange and the two Stranges have a battle where they're shooting magic music at each other. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like the music. Danny Elfman did a good job. Mm-hmm. 
Danny um, great. I really liked uh, America Chavez. I thought they did a great job with her. Uh, I like her. I like her in the comics, but this is probably the best, the best version of her. In the comics, her thing is always very kind of one note of just like I'm a badass. I'm super cool, and I punch holes through reality. I don't got time yeah. for bullshit, and that's fine. I've read like one comic with her, and she was very mad and punched a big star. Yeah, and then I was like, okay. So I, um, I, I thought this was a great version of of her, and she could, you know, she'll probably be more badass next time we see her. But it's cool to introduce her making her feel like an actual teenager actually reacting to what's happening around her. Yeah, I mean, are they going to make this freaking Young Avengers movie? They keep giving us more little teens. We got so many of the Young Avengers because Stature is going to be in the next Ant-Man movie. Yeah. Uh, we so. have we have almost all of them. We just need Hulkling and he could show up in Secret Invasion real easy. Do you think that they're talking to Sony and they're like, can we just... Can we put Spider-Man in it? Can we just put <laughs> Spider-Man in it? Just just for the love of God, let us put Spider-Man. Well, I do wonder because, you know, obviously they're making a Ms. Marvel show and there's rumors of a Nova show. So I wonder if they're not going to do Young Avengers, but they're going to like call it Champions or call it Young Avengers, but be more the Champions team. Because Champions was Ms. Marvel, Miles Morales, Nova, like the good ones. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wonder if it'll be a mix. If it'll be a mix of people from Champions and people from Young Avengers. And maybe they'll call it Young Avengers, but it might not be literally the exact Young Avengers cast. Yeah. Okay, we yeah. got one minute left. Final thoughts. What do you think? Uh, Yeah, Doctor Strange is doing good. Oh, you uh, want to talk about Clea, Marley? Oh, you know I want to talk about Clea. Clea's in this movie. Charlize Theron plays her. She looks exactly like she does in the comic. She's Dormammu's niece. <laughs> oh, is that? She's great. <laughs> that's why. She, oh. That's why she opens up a portal to the dark dimension at the end there. Oh, yeah. It's very exciting. You're the only person I know who wasn't baffled at that. Yeah. Um, yeah, they made a mistake. No one knows Clea. <laughs> but you know what? Marley knows Clea. I also know Rinta, the green cow man who's in this movie for... Fucking no reason. <laughs> yeah, he's good. I love him. He did a good job in this one. He felt like a Star Wars character in this movie, both in just him standing there and having one line with a, like a British accent. Mm-hmm. And uh, all right, you that... got 15 seconds. What do you think? Oh, man. I like Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. Um, I wish they went to more dimensions. I wish they went to more... Uh, they, And then I'm done. Okay. Well, you, you timed that right. Here we go. That's yeah, and we're at, and, and that's time. And that's time. So let's give uh let's uh let's give anyone who was actually skipping for spoilers a few more seconds. Uh but uh yeah, that's it. And uh yeah, so you know, actually we'll we'll just jump to the probably the least exciting part of this podcast whenever we do it. So everyone can skip it. Austin, what did you think of Thor Ragnarok when you saw it the first time? <laughs> I mean, the same thing that I think now, which is I like it. It's so good. I don't know. This was, you know, we're getting closer and closer to present day. I know. I know. At this point, this movie came out in like 2017, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's getting further away. That's five years ago now. Yeah. Um, And uh, yeah, I mean, liked it. I don't I don't think I had a different take on it then than I do now. What about you, Marley? Yeah, pretty much the same. Uh, this movie was basically how I remembered it. Also, full disclosure to the listeners at home, this th- this movie I have rewatched a bunch of times. Uh, I've watched this more times, I think, than any Marvel movie, except for maybe Avengers, which I probably did rewatch a bunch of times. 
Yeah, um, this is probably the fourth time I've seen this movie. Yeah, I'm definitely at four or five. Um, so there are le- less surprises here than usual because a lot of, seriously, a lot of times I've never seen this movie a second time until we do this podcast. Uh, that is not the case for this one because I love it. And so I still love it. Um, I did want to uh, talk a little bit about how, because I, it's going to, I'm going to, I'm going to reference this when we're talking about the movie. So I want to, I want to give people who aren't neck deep in internet bullshit, uh, a little primer. Oh so, no. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, so starting with Gamergate in 2014, no, uh, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so afraid. Uh, so at this point, we are now at a point in these movies where they've been happening for so long that there is a subset of people on the internet who are a fan of the Marvel movies, who especially loved the early movies, but don't like the new ones. Uh, and mm-hmm. and that they think it's because, I mean, there were always people that didn't like the Marvel movies. There were always people, especially who thought they were like too jokey or too cartoony, who liked Christopher Nolan better. That's or then later Zack Snyder better. That's always been a, a, a subset. But now we have people that like do love Iron Man and do love like Incredible Hulk and do love Thor, the first one, the Kenneth Branagh one, mm-hmm. but who don't like the new ones. And I feel like Thor Ragnarok is that turning point because those fans think that starting with Thor Ragnarok, Thor and Hulk are just jokes now and they're not cool badasses like they were in Thor and Incredible Hulk. And it's weird for me because I feel like I like Thor and Incredible Hulk more than almost everyone on Earth. And yet I like these jokey versions of them much better. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And I don't really understand how you can like Chris Hemsworth's Thor and not think this is the best version of Chris Hemsworth's Thor. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, I think, too, it's that you have a very, from reading comics, you have a very elastic view of these characters, where it's like, yeah, he's a completely different person than he was in the other movies. That's how it works. Like, in the comics, their powers completely change from one writer to another writer. Their personalities completely change. Yeah, I I did think that Thor, Thor Ragnarok has the feeling of a new run of the comic. Like this is what happens when a new writer comes in, doesn't want to deal with what the last writer did and also has basically a new take on the character, which you're right, happens a thousand times. Yeah, and it has a completely new supporting cast. Yep, Um, which happens all the time. Yeah, yeah, it's like the main thing. I mean, literally, you know, Hulk has had 1,000 different actual personalities and deals. <laughs> yeah, including, like, including sometimes where the premise is they're all hanging out and talking to each other. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it, uh, you know, it's it's something very willing to do. It's funny seeing this movie remembering Thor The Dark World so well and the first Thor. Because mm-hmm. um, at the time of seeing it, it didn't bother me at all the way that, like, Volstagg dies and stuff oh, like yeah. that. Because I, like, hardly even noticed. noticed. Yeah, yeah. Like, I forgot who he was or who he was in the other... I mean, he's not really in the other movies oh, that much. Oh, sweet, naive Austin. I was always bothered by how Volstagg died. <laughs> I know, Marley. <laughs> and I'm well, still bothered because I love him and he's my friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just read a comic where Volstagg is telling a story to his a uh, hundred kids. Uh-huh. And I was like, yeah, Volstagg is such a nice man. <laughs> yeah, I love Volstagg. I do. It bums me out that in the movies they don't reference the fact that he has a hundred children. <laughs> but the, I don't know. One thing I, one thing I legitimately did always like about Volstagg was that, you know, he was always kind of a joke and all of his friends made fun of him, but he was clearly the happiest one. He was just married and had a lot of kids and a really nice home life. 
<laughs> yeah. I just think that, you know, this movie correctly figured out that they didn't have room for all of those characters in this movie. Yes, it, um, it's it's just as well that the movie did not try to use the Warriors 3. And uh, Hogan the Grim gets a cool death. Uh, it just bugs me that Volstagg and Flandrill get such terrible deaths. <laughs> and then uh, Lady Sif just isn't there. Yeah, so she's still alive. So good job being busy. Uh, uh, something Alexander? Uh, I forget her name. Um, yeah, I mean, I, was, I wonder with her that they were just like... No, she was the star of a TV show at the time. Oh, she, oh, she couldn't be in she it? She definitely wasn't available. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, she would have died if she was around, so it was lucky for her. <laughs> yeah, she got to be in Loki. Yeah, so maybe she'll be... Well, I guess, yeah. Well, she could have been in Loki anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, she might, maybe she'll show up again. Who knows? She's available. Yeah, I, she was yeah. the star of a TV show, and I'm pretty sure that lines up with uh, when they were shooting this movie. Yeah, and they were like, do you want to show up and die? And she was like, no. <laughs> no, thank you. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yes, I, I, the movie didn't need that. So, I don't know. I, I think this in the comics a lot of time, too, which is, like, there's all these weird, minor, stupid superheroes in the comics who don't matter and they're never going to matter. I still don't like it when they kill them. I just think um, if you're not interested in using a character, leave them alone. Let's make leave them around in case someone is interested in using them. Yeah, sure. I just, you know... There's only going to be five Thor movies, I know, maybe it, six. It's it's less of an issue in the movies where they're never, yeah, they're just never going to get to everybody. It doesn't matter. It's like, yeah. Well, like, and then in the comics, it's just like, yeah, you can kill them. That's fine. They're still alive. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll bring them back. We'll, and if they're really minor, they can bring them back and not even tell anyone they brought them back because no one knows they died. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, completely. Or the writer doesn't even know they died. Yeah, that happens a lot. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I remember seeing, I think this was someone online tweeting at a comics editor, not a movie person, but being like, don't you think it was a mistake that they killed Baron Strucker in Age of Ultron? Because what if they were going to do, now they can't do a Baron Strucker movie where he's the villain. And the person was like, that was never going to happen. That was never, yeah. never in a million years was there going to be a movie where Baron Strucker was the main villain. <laughs> I mean, also too, it's like, they could make a movie with a guy who's like Baron Strucker again. Like, yeah, yeah. He's not. He doesn't have a very like specific deal. Even, yeah, you know, yeah. like um, he's bald and he's got a monocle. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like, yeah, you should just be this happy that Baron Strucker is in a movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't start imagining another one that was never going to happen. Um, uh, but yeah, no, I love oh, this movie. As I like to say on this podcast, Austin, I love Thor. You do love Thor. I will say I reread I read for the first time uh maybe the first like 3 Thor comics oh, ever the, written. Oh, the Journey into Journey into Mystery whatever 130 to whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and it's very funny because you know initially in the comics uh initially Thor was a man who hit a stick and turned into Thor. Um and uh the like from the first moment thor is so magical mm -hmm. and just does such bullshit with his hammer mm -hmm. like instantly he's like oh let me use my hammer to go back in time is like the second comic or he like uses the hammer to like uh create antimatter in one of the first comics to reverse people who've been turned into negatives yeah um, it's insane 
And it's just really interesting to see, like, I kind of thought those parts of Thor where he's like, oh, I'm creating another dimension around myself that happened in the comics were things that came later as they were, like, escalating his powers. Oh, yeah. But it's funny, like, he started immediately with in the phase of Superman where they're just, like, adding new powers constantly to be like, yeah, you could do, you could do that, whatever. Yeah, I've always, act- I've always thought that, that early, so, like, 60s Marvel that coincides with the, like, Silver Age DC, which in DC, that's an era known for being very silly. Uh, Like, that's when you get, like, Jimmy Olsen has his own comic, and Lois Lane has his own comic, and, like, the Superman and Batman comics are basically comedies. And I think that contrasted a lot with what Marvel was doing, where they were trying to be, like, you know, obviously doing jokes, but it was very, like, real world, these are real people, They're, they're teasing each other, but we're taking it seriously. I really do think the 60s, the really early 60s Thor comics are the only Marvel comics that feel like Silver Age superhero comics the way DCs do. Like, it really mm-hmm. feels like them trying to do Superman, but what Superman was at the time, which was very silly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And very loose with the rules. Mm-hmm. Um, which, and then in, it's interesting just because in these movies, Thor is so... He's just a space alien with a cool hammer. Yeah, um, and even in the comics now, like Thor would like I because I, I was jumping around a little bit because I've, I've read I've read a lot of Thor comics in my life, so I mostly did not reread one specifically for this. But I decided I did want to read like Hela's first couple appearances just to see what how Jack Kirby used her because I realized I'd never mm-hmm. read those. So I was jumping around to a couple of those early Thors and like there's one where Thor's like, let me harness the alpha rays with my hammer to hypnotize people. (laughs) (laughs) Like there was just no like in comics now, everything Thor does is lightning related or he makes portals like, yeah, the the level of bullshit he could do with his hammer back then they do, do not do anymore. I have a theory about that. So those Thor comics were actually being written by Larry Lieber, uh, Stan Lee's Mm -hmm. brother. And Larry Lieber was not writing six comics at once. I think he was writing actual scripts. Oh. So I I think the reason early Thor feels so different is that it's not Stan Lee or Jack Kirby plotting it. It's actually Larry Lieber coming up with this stuff. Yeah. And that's why none of it is referenced ever again. (laughs) Yeah. Can you imagine if you did a run of Thor now where you're like, we're going back, we're doing original Thor. He can hypnotize people. He could do literally anything. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah, it'd be crazy. I mean, I don't know. You could probably do a fun thing where you start off a comic that way and then the reveal is it's Loki. (laughs) Yeah, actually, you know, the funny thing about it, too, is it's not magic. He's, like, using his hammer to harness science stuff. Yeah. Like, using alpha rays. It's very... It's very silly. It's all that's that's the thing. If they were saying it was I'm casting a spell, it'd be like that makes sense. You're Thor, but they're it's all it's all very sci-fi, like Superman would have been at the time. I uh, just wanted to talk about that. It's not super on topic for this movie, but this is the last time we're getting a dedicated Thor movie until we rewatch Thor: Love and Thunder <laughs> five years from now. <laughs> yeah, the movie that has not even come out yet. Uh, yeah. So similarly, uh, let, I mean, let's start talking about the movie. Uh, this movie opens with a talk about ignoring what came before. This movie opens both Thor's Thor's in prison somewhere in a fire cave, and they both remind you that what Thor is supposed to be doing is looking for infinity stones, then tell you he's given up on doing that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So they're like, hey, did you see Age of Ultron? Yes, no, well, it doesn't matter. (laughs) They do a lot of that in this movie, um, which is, yeah. I I mean, because they were just... 
So actually, here's a big, uh, here's a way we can contrast this to Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange, and in the Multiverse of Madness, fully expected you to have seen and remembered five movies and three TV shows. <laughs> mm -hmm. Whereas this movie feels very conscious, like, knowing that no one remembers Age of Ultron or Thor The Dark World. And if they're going to reference anything from those movies, they need to remind you what happened. Well, yeah, because they're in a weird place with this movie where everything Thor was in, uh, the last two movies he was in, Dark World and Age of Ultron, were seen at Marvel as creatively failures. Yes. So they're trying to go in the exact opposite direction from those movies. And for this movie to be successful, a lot of people need to see it who haven't seen Dark World. Yeah, um, definitely. And, or at very least, don't remember it at all because it was like not a memorable movie. And also, it's it's tonally so different that, like, I assume they're hoping they bring in some kind of a new audience for yeah. this one. Yeah, and I'm sure they um, did. Uh, all right. They made a lot of money. Ragnarok is $854 million. Thor The Dark World was 600 Yeah, it made $200 million more dollars. Yeah, which is a lot more million dollars. Yeah, once um, again, Kevin Feige knows what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy... How much uh, having a movie be good makes more people see it. <laughs> it's um, nice that that works. <laughs> but yeah, this one was really exciting because uh, Taika Waititi was and is like my favorite director. Mm -hmm. um, so I was just so excited for this movie. I was saying at the time, like, it's impossible for them to market a movie more directly solely at me. Because um, <laughs> it's like my favorite director and it's a movie about Thor and Hulk being friends. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is just a ridiculous thing to have happen. Um, uh, and it, yeah. Like, I just, I, they, it's insane. <laughs> um, and then, you know, now he's everywhere. Um, but yeah. at this point, he'd only directed small indie movies from New Zealand. Yeah, um, yeah. It was like, crazy he was directing this movie. Yeah, like, because of this movie, he's the kind of guy that gets offered movies like this, but that was a big deal at the time. Uh, yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, I mean, it also, like, you know, he didn't officially write this movie. Um, he is a, a really great writer. Um, but I also know from the, the way the WGA works is it's basically impossible for a director to write so much of a movie that they get a credit. Um, mm -hmm. one of the things that WGA is very worried about is directors and actors just throughout the normal process of directing and acting directors and actors are always coming up with a lot of stuff and writing new dialogue and creating new scenes. It's part of their job. Uh, and so the WGA is very nervous about them getting credit as writers because they want to keep, you know, the sanctity of the writing credit. So officially, Taika Waititi does not have a writing credit on this movie because they had a script already when he first came on board. But I cannot believe that he did not rewrite a lot of this movie. Uh, yeah, he's just said he rewrote the whole movie. Yeah, he, he had to pass and rewrote all the dialogue. He had, he had to have. Uh, um, and then we also know on set it, they did a ton of improv. Yeah, but beyond um, just the improv, like this movie, and you know, we'll, we can we can contrast them when we do the next one. But like this movie doesn't get the same credit for being anti-colonial as Black Panther. But this movie is one hundred percent as anti-colonial in theme and plot uh, as Black Panther. And I don't think a Thor movie especially would be the the big anti-colonial one if someone else had directed and rewritten it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I hadn't really thought about that. I feel like it gets less credit because it's um, an insane movie. And <laughs> uh, they're talking about, you know, 
colonizing space worlds. Yeah, um, but like, but it is the same theme in this movie. I mean, it's not exactly the same theme as Black Panther. Uh, like, it just it doesn't all they don't all function the same way as Black Panther. But like, essentially, what this movie is is Asgard is England. Asgard mm-hmm. is a sprawling empire that sees itself as civilized and genteel and the world is better because of our benevolent guidance. And then mm-hmm. that's that's basically what you know Odin's like we make peace, we don't we don't seek out war, you have to rule wisely. Thor, you're too arrogant to rule the nine realms. It takes a, a benevolent ruler to do this. And then the premise of this movie is, you know, Loki has imprisoned Odin on on Midgard. Loki's been impersonating Odin since the events of Dark World. Midgard is Earth. Midgard is Earth. It's one of the nine realms. Uh, And when Thor, uh, and we'll, you know, we can talk about the Loki stuff because it's funny, but jump forward, Thor Thor finds out that Loki's pretending to be Odin. They go find the real Odin. Odin, by the time they find him, is dying. And he reveals that his death is going to release Hela, their secret evil sister. And when Hela shows up, what she says is, oh, I was Odin's firstborn, I was his executioner, I was his war general, and we bathed the universe in blood, and we conquered, and we took control, and then Odin decided to stop at Nine Realms. And mm-hmm. now that I, Queen Hela, have returned, I'm going to continue the conquest. But And that's pretty standard stuff, and that possibly was always in the script. But then you get stuff where, like, when she goes to the palace... Uh, and like takes it over she looks at the tapestry of all their like peace treaties and wine parties and she's like odin proud of what he has ashamed of how he got it uh mm-hmm. and she like he covered and she's like he co- yeah. he solves everything by covering it up and she literally destroys the paintings of the peaceful asgard and reveals the violent bloody evil asgard underneath it yeah. And then at the very end of the movie, when Thor and her confront each other in the throne room, she literally says, where did you think this gold came from? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's pretty on the nose. <laughs> Especially considering, um, you know, they're in Asgard. The gold could have come from anywhere. Yeah, but she's telling you, we plundered this. This yeah, is other people's gold. gold. <laughs> Yeah, we have a museum of stolen relics. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah. And we were cast Kate Blanchett as this character, so she's just doing her real accent. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, totally. Um, so, yeah. No, I mean, I, that's uh, a cool part of the movie. And I think especially because, yeah, it's Thor. It's Norse myths, and all, most of the people in the movie are white. It's not a movie that had, would have had these themes uh, just naturally. Yeah, if it had just been directed by another white guy yeah (laughs) Um, yeah i I definitely um yeah and also like i don't know it's so uh do we so with with the movie going through the plot a little bit more um he fights surter who's a big uh giant demon man Mm -hmm. um and then defeats him and finds out through surter that uh, Odin is an asgard so he goes back to asgard and we get to see the like best thing in any of these movies which is loki as odin what he's done in asgard is build a giant statue of himself and made people perform 
assumingly like every day a play about how cool loki is yeah um and he just sits and watches it and eats grapes yeah and it's um, a, it's amazing because the way the way they remind you that loki supposedly died in thor the dark world is by you watch the scene of his death in this play where it's chris hemsworth's brother playing thor and matt damon playing loki and sam neil playing odin <laughs> Yeah, it's it's amazing. Um, yeah, I have no idea why Matt Damon is there. Of all of them, like uh, the, I think I I literally think it was like Chris Hemsworth or somebody was just like I could probably get Matt Damon and just called him up. Like they're all yeah. I guess it's just very funny. I think I think this reveals to us that Matt Damon is somebody in this movie's French. Yeah, yeah. I guess clearly. Um. Uh, yes, because yeah. obviously Taika Waititi knows Sam Neill and Chris Hemsworth knows Chris Hemsworth's brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and also, too, that, like, Sam Neill and Taika Waititi likes putting people he's put in his past movies in these movies. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. like, um, including mostly himself. <laughs> yes, including. You know what? Matt Damon was probably just also in Australia for some reason when they were shooting this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, also, if Taika Waititi didn't direct it, I wonder if the whole movie would have been shot in Australia. <laughs> uh, you know, I bet it would have been, because uh, we, they shoot a lot of movies in Australia already, and uh, Hemsworth was the star either way. Yeah. He's also Maybe that's from Australia. A, another reason why he, they picked him, is because he's from there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, just want to say, he's from New Zealand. It's possible that they're really particular about that, but obviously nearby. <laughs> You know, I said there, um, <laughs> which is pretty vague. It's very nearby. Very nearby. Um, he knew about, I think he's been to Australia. He's definitely been to Australia, for sure. Oh. Uh, Quite a few times. Uh, I, I did want to I... uh, talk a little bit about the Surtur scene, because you, you pointed out that the beginning of Thor Dark World, you see Thor just, like, fighting a bunch of random bandits in a very small village and you just had this feeling of like this cannot be the best use of Thor's time. Yeah. Uh, I feel like they really deliberately went the other way with this one opening with Thor fighting a thousand firemen and a giant fire trek. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which is so much closer to in the first Thor, he fights a bunch, a thousand ice men and a giant ice dragon. Yeah. Um, it's like almost the same sequence. It really, of, um, it really is. Uh, but this time, Thor didn't have his weak friends, so he was <laughs> able to kill everyone in that world. Yeah. Uh, so the other thing that happens in this scene is Surtur uh, basically lays out the simple version of the real prophecy of Ragnarok. Uh, mm -hmm. which in the movie, what Surtur says is that when his crown is placed in the internal fire, he will rise to the size of a mountain and destroy Asgard. Uh, and so Thor kills him and takes his head, which has his crown. Austin, would you like to hear a little bit of the real prophecy of Ragnarok from Snorri Sturluson's The Prosetta? <laughs> yes, please, Marley. <laughs> so this is the prose part of The Prosetta. This is not a poem. Uh, this is this is uh, Sturluson just summarizing what happens in a more complicated poem. Uh, so I'm going to start with, so the Fenris wolf is in this movie. So I'm going to start with the Fenris wolf's part uh, part of this, okay? Okay, I'm All ready. Right, here we go. Well, you know, we'll start with, Thor. you know what? We got to start with Thor. Here's, so here's, we'll start with what Thor does in Ragnarok and go to the, the relevant part. Okay, uh, what other Marvel podcast has this kind of content? All right, <laughs> let's go. Uh, all right. <clears throat> Thor gets great renown by slaying the Midgard Serpent, but retreats only nine paces when he falls to the earth, dead, 
poisoned by the venom the serpent blows on him. The wolf swallows Odin and thus causes his death. But Vidar immediately turns and rushes at the wolf, placing one foot on his nether jaw. On this foot, he has the shoe for which materials have been gathering through all the ages, namely the strips of leather which men cut off for the toes and heels of shoes. Wherefore, he who wishes to render assistance to the ashes must cast these strips away. With one hand, Vidar seizes the upper jaw of the wolf and thus rends asunder his mouth. Thus, the wolf perishes. Loki fights with Heimdall and they kill each other. Thereupon, Surt slings fire over the earth and burns up all the world. Wow. So um, remember, boys and girls, when you cut off a little bit of extra leather from your shoe, make sure to burn it so it'll go to Vidar so he can make his magic shoes to kill the Fenris wolf. Um, yeah. Is Vidar in this movie? No, Vidar is not in the comics or movies at all. He's one of Odin's other sons. <laughs> okay, Marvel, that's a pretty unexplored um, material there. He's got a really good shoe. He could have shoe-based powers. <laughs> Magic shoe. He can use it to kill a wolf. <laughs> <laughs> um, that reminds me, too, reading one of the... Um, uh, letters to the editors in the original Thor. Mm -hmm. um, they write like, look, I know you've done hours and hours of research uh, creating this, so I'm confused as to why Odin doesn't have an eye patch mm -hmm. because he doesn't have an eye patch, at least in the first couple. Yeah. Um, and what they say is like, Ugh, now we got to do research too. <laughs> and then say... Uh, you know, there's a lot of different myths and we're creating the new myths. So... I Odin doesn't have an eye patch. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so uh, that's a great thank you for that great segue, Austin. So here's, I think, the deal. I think Stanley and Larry Lieber knew nothing about Norse mythology uh, at all. Uh, mm -hmm. I think that Jack Kirby knew a bit and was was kind of into it. And once Jack Kirby starts doing the tales of Asgard, he's clearly writing those himself. Um, mm -hmm. And that's when you start getting more of the actual myths. Um, so I, that's part of my theory of, of Larry Lieber really writing full scripts is that they start doing these tales of Asgard backups that suddenly are much more based on the myths. And I think that's because Kirby yeah. was just writing those himself. Um, but the other big influence on this movie, and they say this, I watched like a little featurette about it. And also I could tell because I'm smart. Uh, the two influences on this movie are just Jack Kirby art in general, not even really Thor comics, just all of his art. But then also the Walter Simonson run on Thor because Walter Simonson, who did a run, I think in the early 80s, he's the one who created Malekith. Uh, loved the mythology and he tried to bring in as much of the mythology and while not changing everything and keeping the stuff Marvel already had, he wanted to just make the whole thing more based on the myths than it had ever been before. And he's the first one to do a big Ragnarok story with Surtur. Okay, yeah, because obviously you should do a big Ragnarok story. <laughs> yeah. And now they do a big Ragnarok story every five years. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, Simonson was the first one to be like, this story's pretty cool, guys. We should, like, actually do it. Yeah. Uh, um, so th this movie is, is like, the design of Surtur and just using Hela. Like, like Simonson, you know, Kirby created Hela. Kirby created the Executioner, who's Scourge. Uh, Kirby did do a version of Surtur, but, like, this movie wouldn't be happening if Simonson hadn't done his version of all those characters. This, this yeah. movie is really based on the Simonson version of these characters. Like, and then the other big thing this movie is based on is Planet Hulk. Yes. <laughs> um, which is 
in the comic, Hulk is the one who gets shot to a planet full of fighting people. And the planet that Hulk goes to is so much worse than Sakaar in this movie. Yeah. Like, it's like a really big city in the movie. It's very nice. Yeah. Well, because um, the, the planet, I mean... I love Planet Hulk. Uh, it's written by uh, Greg Pak, one of my favorite comic book writers. I actually think it might be fun to do a whole podcast episode where we actually read and talk about the comic Planet Hulk. So uh, I would rather die than do that, Marley. Well, you know, I've said before that we're very suggestible here on this podcast. If literally one person texts me and says, yeah, you should do an episode about Planet Hulk, I will fly to New York and tackle Austin to the ground and make him do it. <laughs> Yeah, truly, we are doing this podcast because my one friend, Jan, said he would listen to it. Yeah. Um, and, and we were like, that's enough. Austin, tell me, did Jan initially listen to it? Okay, so there was a period of time when he wasn't <laughs> listening to it. He did. He started off, okay? And then um, and then there was a period. But he's back on board. We got him back. Um it was actually, he was too invested. He wanted to watch the movies with us, and that's just too much of a commitment. <laughs> um, uh, great. I uh, will say my friend Anthony has listened to every episode the whole way, except our Guardians 2 episode. He said he couldn't listen to because hearing me sound that s- sick made him sad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, Because he had also, like, just gotten over COVID, and yeah, he was like, yeah. I could tell you had COVID. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you could. Um, uh, but so yeah, go anyways, back. Let's... I don't want to talk about Planet Hulk too much because I want to talk about it a lot later. But basically, uh, it's John Carter of Mars. It's literally John Carter of Mars. The planet looks like Mars. The alien factions are the factions from John Carter of Mars. They're the color of the alien factions from John Carter of Mars. And everything about it is just, it's Hulk in John Carter of Mars. Uh, so this is the, this movie is the framework of Planet Hulk, but with Thor instead and on a more fun planet. Yeah, and then not the parts that are John Carter of Mars. Well, I guess they there is a revolution in this movie, but it's very it's very abstracted. It's more he goes to Gladiator Planet, and yeah. then it's just the very beginning of Planet Hulk when he's yes. a gladiator. And there, and um, yes, yes, and there is a point in Planet Hulk where when he first gets thrown in the arena, and they're like, "You're gonna fight this great champion," and then it turns out that champion is Silver Surfer, who has been imprisoned uh, on this planet also. So that moment is recreated when Thor is thrown into the arena and uh, it turns out their great champion is Hulk. And the same thing happens in that comic where Hulk is like, Silver Surfer, my friend, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. um, and then he's like, I gotta fight you because Silver Surfer was being mind controlled. Seems like Hulk was not being uh, controlled by a chip. He's just having fun. Yeah, Hulk um, just likes to fight. Uh, yeah. Just in case anyone wants to has somehow not seen this movie, what happens is... Thor fights Hela, Hela smashes his hammer, crushes it like it was glass, they say, and then uh, Thor and Loki are, like, thrown, like, off course from the Bifrost, and they both land in Sakaar, but Loki lands because of time shenanigans a few weeks before Thor, so when Thor is confronted by the Grandmaster, played by Jeff Goldblum, Loki is already there and, like, had become the Grandmaster's friend. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very fun. So that's the setup. Um, and Thor is captured and brought in by Valkyrie, uh, who is so barely from the comics, there was no reason for me to stay up late reading all of her early comics appearances. But boy, I did, and they're very sexist. <laughs> oh, no. Marley, you told me that you didn't read prep for this. I hadn't uh, like, when I told you that. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> 
Then I Why did. Why do you? <laughs> okay, great. And then, and, okay. Anyway, this Valkyrie is a completely new, awesome character. Also, comics Valkyrie became a good character pretty quickly, but boy, is she awful when she first starts. She's originally, the Enchantress just made her up. The Enchantress becomes the Valkyrie to trick okay. all the female Avengers into helping her defeat the male chauvinist pigs who are the other, the male Avengers. And they call mm -hmm. themselves the Lady Liberators and they're basically not mind controlled. She just convinces them to help her beat up all the men. And uh, that's it. That was the creation of Valkyrie. And then the next time you see Valkyrie, Enchantress zaps another woman who's mad that her parents aren't taking her women Women's lib club seriously turns that woman into the Valkyrie and she fights Hulk. So, um, I did not expect it to be that bad. I didn't yeah. expect it to be like specifically anti-feminist propaganda. Yeah, that's what it is. Uh, she's, yeah, they really changed that. They, then. they really changed it. So her third appearance, which is then, so she's created by Roy Thomas, her third appearance uh, which is Steve Englehart is on the Defenders, where the the Defenders, which is uh, lo, uh, uh, what's it, Hulk, uh, Hulk, Doctor Strange, Namor, uh, they're captured by someone, and Enchantress is also captured, and she's mm -hmm. like, oh, you know how I can get us out? Let me zap this woman, turn her into the Valkyrie, and she'll free us. And that woman then becomes Valkyrie permanently. And when she uh, tells the Defenders she wants to join, Namor is like, but it is said that you hate all men. Uh, and she says, I don't hate men. I simply know that I am as good as them. And right there, she's fixed. And she's a good character from then on. <laughs> Great. Yeah. In the comics, is she still just a woman that got turned into a Valkyrie? Uh, yeah, for a while. Uh, eventually, they came up with the idea that the Enchantress did not invent the Valkyrie persona from nothing. And that that she is the spirit of Brumhilda, the Valkyrie from the Ring Saga. Okay, because it is very. It, they, I feel like this keeps happening with Thor in the comics, where they have to be like, "No, wait, wouldn't it be cooler if she actually was a Valkyrie?" <laughs> yes. Why? Why would? Why? Oh yeah. Why would we so, want it to just be a lady? So in the comics, not only is she not a real Valkyrie, that's not her flying horse. The Black Knight from uh, the Black Knight had a flying horse. He gets turned to stone, and she adopts his flying horse. Wow, what a coincidence. Mm -hmm. um, man, so anyway, uh, she's Tessa Thompson in this movie, and she's really good. <laughs> she's awesome. Um, she's an alcoholic in mm -hmm. this one. Um, all of the, this is the best alien planet by far in any of these movies. It's crazy how much better all the space stuff looks in this than... Uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, in yeah. my opinion. Like, yeah. every time, like, all of the background people are just insane Kirby robots. No, it's um, awesome. And, it, and you know, it, it really, it's impressive because I think James Gunn thought he was going for the same thing. I think he had very similar intentions for his colorful comic booky space world. And Taika Waititi just did a better job. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's so much more colorful and so, like... I think the thing is that this movie actually it feels like a bunch of people wearing very silly giant plastic outfits. Yes, um, and that's great. I yeah, love it. and like all the in the Sakar Palace, all the backgrounds are like full on exact like Kirby drawings with like the lines and circles and angles, but they don't try to make sense of it. Like when Kirby draws that stuff, I think he imagines that this is like a super science machine. And that these, mm -hmm. like, he pro I think he usually thinks these things are, like, glowing, and it's all, they're all doing things, and they serve a purpose. And this is just like, no, it's paint. We have painted the walls like a jack. We've just taken 
a, a big brush and just painted Kirby designs on the walls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's all, it's um, very, it's very pop art, I guess uh, I would say is, uh, it's not just influenced by Kirby. It's influenced by the way pop art interacted with 60s comic art. Mm-hmm. Which is just super simple designs and yeah. very clear lines and stuff. Um, and yeah, I mean, the best part of this movie by far, I don't know, not by far, but my favorite part of this movie is just all the stuff with Hulk on the planet. I love Hulk. I love Hulk. Um, I just love... Can I just take a moment to just say that all I've wanted in my entire life is to see a movie where Hulk is exactly the way he is in this movie and he's not like this in any other movie. And that makes this maybe not only my favorite, one of my favorite Marvel movies, but maybe one of my favorite things. Because <laughs> this is the only one with your real friend, the Hulk? It's the only one where he's really, truly the way Hulk, I think, should always be. He's not even I always mean, like this in the comics. <laughs> well, but the thing that's wild is in the comics, he never doesn't talk, right? Like, that's not really a version of the Hulk that's ever been a thing for very long. I yeah, think. not for very long. There there was a little while in the 90s where Hulk and Banner got separated, and so the Hulk that was left was just like a raging monster who didn't talk, but that sucked. Yeah, but that's not, then that's, he's not Banner also. That's a complete, yeah. like, it's just interesting that almost every movie Hulk is just a big screamy guy. And yeah. that's basically how, he's never been like that in the comics. Yeah, um, and I mean, it's like what I was saying, especially in Age of Ultron, because Hulk's in it so much more. It I think it really hurts the movie that you don't know what Hulk thinks about anything that's happening. Like, ba yeah. Banner has all these relationships with the Avengers, and I do not know what Hulk's relationship is with the Avengers. Uh, and so, like, you know, in this movie, you finally get what I've always wanted, which is Hulk being like, everyone on Earth hates Hulk. The Avengers are yeah. Banner's friend, not Hulk's friend. Like, you get Hulk's, yeah. Hulk's attitude of, like, it sucks to be Hulk on Earth, and I, he doesn't like it, and he's happier in space. He's happier being a gladiator where they love him. Where he and he thinks... He comes out on stage, and everyone just screams, Hulk, Hulk, Hulk. Like, you kind of... Watching it this time, because I did always sort of wonder why he fights Thor so aggressively when he's not, he knows Thor's not his enemy. Uh, and I really think it's he steps out there, he sees everyone cheering, he knows they want him to fight, and he's like, I gotta do it! I got, I love that oh, yeah. Hulk, it's like, Hulk loves that they love Hulk! <laughs> well, I don't think that Hulk thinks anything bad is happening. Yeah. He's just like, yeah, we're fighting, gladiator, let's go, <laughs> Like, I just feel like there is a moment where Hulk is trying to decide what to do with this situation and he sees everyone cheering for him and it helps make it helps him make the decision. Also, you know what? He doesn't really like Thor that much, right? Because they, they, they get to a point where they get along, but I don't think Thor is like Hulk is my best friend. They mostly fight. That's true. Thor has fought Hulk so many times in these. Yeah, um, yeah. No, that's true. Yes, I do. I do think part of it also. Yes, it's like uh, it's that thing that happens when you you. You say that someone is your good friend, and they're kind of like, I, uh, mm, nope. <laughs> what do you mean? Um, right. Yeah, I mean, he says, you know, he's Banner's friend, yeah. not Hulk's friend. That's true. I feel like Hulk and Thor were fighting in, in Age of Ultron, the only time Hulk's really an Avenger, the implication was that Thor and Hulk get along fine they don't interact yeah, age of ultron sucks <laughs> so because in age of ultron it's like yeah hulk is just an avenger mm -hmm. he's under control kind of um and but we still need to like hypnotize him to make him go to bed yeah i do i do like because uh 
in in Age of Ultron, they do that dumb thing where Black Widow has that little ritual she does to calm him down, where she's like, hey, big yeah. guy, sun's getting real low. It's so funny in this movie that Thor keeps trying to do it, and it just doesn't work at all. <laughs> he does it, like, five times in the movie. Yeah. And then he also keeps doing it to Bruce Banner yeah. when Bruce Banner's freaking out. Yeah, there's a point where he just keeps saying, the sun's getting real low, the sun's getting real low, and Banner's like, stop saying that! <laughs> No, it's it's really wild how much this movie just makes fun of that. Yeah, <laughs> how dumb that was. Uh, um, but yeah, it's great. Grandmaster's great. He's, uh, you know, Jeff Goldblum's just being Jeff Goldblum. But uh, yeah, I mean, Grandmaster's from the comics. He's an elder of the universe. He runs the contest of champions where he just makes heroes fight each other for fun. This is also another thing where this is the movie that caused Jeff Goldblum to be in a bunch of things again. Yeah. He hadn't had a big role in a long time. And now, like, he's everywhere and has a TV show and stuff. But, like, it, it felt like a little bit um, when this movie came out, I think. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I remember it coming out and people being like, Jeff Goldblum's awesome! Because, um, yeah, he's so good in this. And just playing himself. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's really great. Uh, his, his main... His main lieutenant, Topaz, uh, is so funny. She just has a couple lines, and they're they're so good. Uh, and she's yeah. the the actress from uh, what's it, Hunt for the Wilder People? Wilder People, yeah. Uh, and and she's in Boy. She's yeah. in she's just one of Taika Waititi's actual friends. Yeah, I guess. Uh, um, and she's so funny. I mean, she has also talk about going above and beyond anti-colonial. Uh, she has. What is what is both one of the funniest lines and also the line where when you think about it for even two seconds, you go, oh, right, uh, which is when they do the big revolution, uh, Topaz runs up to the Grandmaster and she's like, the slaves are overthrow, are, I've broken free. And he's like, "Ooh, I don't like that word. I don't like the S word. And she goes, OK, the prisoners with jobs. And he goes, yeah, yeah, that's better. Uh, <laughs> and it's really funny, but also there that's how that's what it is if you if you give your prisoners jobs that's what's happened yeah. and that's what we do in our society yeah 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 good job you got us 13th amendment baby <laughs> it's a problem um yeah and thankfully this movie took it all down um, <laughs> but i'm just no, saying but- like that that undercurrent that just would not have been in this movie if someone else made it no, yeah, you're totally right. I mean, it's not in any of the other Thor. <laughs> yeah, it's not like, oh yeah, that's what Thor is about. Um, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, no, and th- that's also such a good joke because yes. it's true. It's yes, it's um, it is legitimately a great joke, and also it's true, which is not I'm the also case just, for all jokes. <laughs> I think I'm just gonna keep saying uh, this, like, oh. But let's talk about the best part of the movie, which is I love Korg and Meek in this movie, which are the two when he's in prison, he meets Korg, who in the comics is a stone man from Saturn. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he's, and they, they changed it. They're not really from Saturn anymore. They were from Saturn in their first appearance in 1961. Um, And that's what counts to me, Marley, because I just read that comic. <laughs> um, and that's Thor's uh, first appearance yeah. is fighting, fighting him. Um, and, uh, he's played by Taika Waititi and he's so funny and he has his little friend Meek who, uh, my roommates just lost their shit over anytime <laughs> Meek was in the background, just dancing around with his swords. Mm-hmm. Cause he's just like in the background going like, like doing a little ninja dance, just being like, I'm so badass. Cause he has, his arms are just swords Yeah, and he's a tiny little bug man. I remember cause like, 
so they're both from Planet Hulk. They're Hulk's friends in Planet Hulk. Meek is actually a main character of Planet Hulk, weirdly enough. He's ta- he's treated 100% seriously. He's completely a dramatic character. He is a weird little bug man, but you're supposed to take this weird little bug man's pathos very seriously in the comic. Well, um, yeah, because he, he is one of the indigenous bug people to the planet mm-hmm. who are being oppressed. His yep. family was all killed. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, very, very serious little guy. Very serious. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's there's anti-imperial. It's not colonialism, I think, because I think all the aliens are from the planet. But there's certainly an anti-imperialist tone to uh, uh, to Planet Hulk. Um, yeah. And uh, but uh, uh, blah 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 blah. But Korg in the comics, super boring. He's just a boring stone man. He's not a standout character from that comic at all. When this movie first came out, I started hearing buzz that people just loved Korg, and they're like, everyone's new favorite character is Korg. And I just remember being like, who the fuck loves Korg? <laughs> How could you love Korg? And yeah. then yeah, the second he opened his mouth, and I realized it was just gonna be a Watiti character. I'm like, yeah, I love Korg. He's my favorite character. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I like just saw an interview with him where when he did his rewrite of it, he was like told them like, oh, I think maybe I could play Korg. And they're like, OK. And then he rewrote it. And at that point, Korg had like one line mm-hmm. and he rewrote it. And they were like, there's a lot of Korg in this movie now. And he's like, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, he's like one of the main characters. Yeah, he's in it a lot. Uh, there's also a, a guy in the gladiator pits who just has three heads and Taika Waititi is one of the heads. <laughs> Oh, that's so good. Um, <laughs> he doesn't talk, but they use his face for one of the three heads. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I love I love Korg. And Korg's hanging out with Thor, and Thor's all like, I'm going to break out. And Korg's like, I tried to do a revolution, but I didn't make enough pamphlets. <laughs> yeah. So just my wife and my stepfather, who I hate, came. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, it's great. Yeah, Thor, the, this is, you know, before Thor has fought the champion, which turns out to be Hulk, and... Thor's like, I'm going to kill the champion. Has anyone, has anyone def- like, tried to fight the champion? And uh, Korg's like, oh, just Doug. He's over there. Yeah, Doug's dead. <laughs> Everyone who fights the champion <laughs> is dead. And Thor's like, well, I'm not going to die. I'm going to, I'm going to do it. And he runs off to do it. And Korg's like, ah, it's just what Doug said. Good luck, new Doug. <laughs> yeah. It's great. It's so, yeah. Yeah. I love, I mean, it seems like Korg is going to be a main character in the new one too. He's in the trailer so much. I mean, he's in, uh, he's in Endgame a bit, which is crazy because there's a thousand people in Endgame. I mean, Meek is in Endgame. (laughs) You're right. He's, he's, uh, he's, uh, playing Fortnite with them. Yep. Oh boy. So funny. Uh, I hope that Greg Pak got a small check. (laughs) Oh, man. He probably didn't. Uh, uh, he probably didn't, but uh, whatever. Anyway. Will he get money? No, he won't. Never mind. I was going to say, if Amadeus Cho is ever in these, he wouldn't get money either. He right? might. He might. with well, Amadeus Cho, because he co-created Amadeus Cho, so he would maybe get some money for that. That's your your best. I mean, he created Meek and Korg, I guess, too, but I don't know. I feel like Amadeus is going to be in one of these eventually, right? If if he keeps putting them in the comics, sooner they can't or later. stop him. Yeah. One of, his one mom of these, was in it. His mom was in it. Yeah. Amadeus Cho, uh, I hope so. I mean, I love him. I mean, he'd be, if you're going to make up a new roster of young characters and not for not have it just be exactly the Young Avengers or exactly the champions, Amadeus would be a great guy to have in it. Yeah. He could be in She-Hulk. Yeah. He could be. I don't think, I think we would know by now if he was going to be, but 
there could be uh you see in the trailer for the new thor movie they go to olympus so mm-hmm. oh know, yeah yeah maybe they're gonna do a hercules spinoff and yeah he'll be in that yeah hercules will need a best friend why not a boy genius yeah it just writes itself because <laughs> someone wrote it already yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, all this stuff is great. Uh, Loki's very funny in this movie. Loki's really upset when he learns that Hulk is here. They 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 do a lot of direct references yeah. to Avengers when Hulk beat up Loki. You know what I was going to say, Marley, about comparing this to Multiverse of Madness when you said that Multiverse of Madness wants you to have seen five movies and two TV shows? Mm-hmm. This movie has so many jokes that only work if you've seen the movies they're referencing. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I know you're right. You, the movie definitely assumes you've seen Avengers, certainly. Well, no, but I just mean, like, the jokes about, like, there's a lot of things that are funnier if you've seen the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, seeing the play is funnier if you've seen Dark World, because you know they're reenacting a real scene from Dark World. That's true. And, like, all the stuff with the suns going down is only, you only understand why he's doing that if you've seen Age of Ultron. No, you're right. There, there are definitely... There are definitely jokes that are funny, much funnier jokes if you know what they're referencing. Uh, but that still feels different than major plot points. <laughs> oh, yeah. Then otherwise, in Multiverse of Madness, if you haven't seen it, you just don't know why the main thing is happening. Just, just any like, of it. <laughs> yeah. Just It's just crazy. It's just, you know, I don't want to break our 15-minute time limit. But you know what? This isn't a spoiler. Uh, it's crazy that in Multiverse of Madness, the events of WandaVision are never really summarized when they're very, very important to the movie. They reference little pieces of it, but not in a way that you could piece it back together if you've actually not seen WandaVision. Yeah. And I, well, I, WandaVision is such a weird show. I know, but it's so important to this to the movie. I feel like someone... Like, for example, in WandaVision, there's a whole fucking episode where they explain to you everything that happened in Endgame and Infinity War in case you forgot. Yeah. <laughs> but then yeah. in this movie, they don't even pretend to remind you what happened in WandaVision. And I think that maybe that was a mistake. Yeah. I don't think yeah. it I don't think it hurts Doctor Strange that they don't remind you what happened in Infinity War and Endgame. Because you get the only thing that matters is people were gone for five years, it fucked up people's lives, and it's a little bit Doctor Strange's fault. The specifics don't matter. But in WandaVision it feel the WandaVision stuff, it feels like the specifics do matter and they don't remind you of them. Oh, yeah, I think what I was, I didn't get to this point of it, but I think the differences in Multiverse of Madness, WandaVision, and, like, the Spider-Man movie, they think are more popular than Doctor Strange. Yes. So they want to bring in people who've seen those things, and they're mostly making it for those people, not, whereas, like, the stuff they reference from the first Doctor Strange movie, they remind you of so that people can understand. I feel like they know that people don't remember that stuff very well. Yeah, I think um, that's true. I guess I just think that maybe they were wrong about WandaVision because it wasn't a movie and it was a TV show. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. I don't know. It's a lot. It's, it's, it, there's so many, these things are so, there's so many of these things. It's insane. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, this movie's great. I love, uh, yeah, I just love Hulk. I mean, my favorite scene in the whole movie is just, it's not even Hulk and Thor battling in the gladiator arena. My favorite scene in this movie is Hulk and Thor in Hulk's bedroom that Thor also stays in. I guess he sleeps on the floor. You just see Mm -hmm. Hulk sleeping in his bed and Thor just sitting on the steps being sad. Yeah. Uh, And then they just get into a a regular fight. They're just arguing with each other. They're, like, insulting each other and throwing things at each other. And then, like, like real people, then they calm down. And Hulk's like, 
Sorry, Hulk just gets so mad sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he just gets so angry. Yeah. Yeah, it's so good. I mean, it's insane that it's Mark Ruffalo is such a good actor. I know, he's, he's like, he's so, you can really tell he's being Hulk. He's so good as Hulk. Uh, yeah. I love it. Uh, I mean, one, one thing I like about Endgame is when they time travel back to Avengers, they let Hulk talk and do stuff because now Hulk gets to talk and do stuff. And you get to yeah. see Mark Ruffalo playing like, kind of out of control Avengers Hulk, which he didn't really get to do. Yeah. And it was good, and he'd have been good at it. Yeah. You cowards. You goddamn cowards. Uh, but at least we get it in this one. Uh, and uh, I think the thing is just there's the line where once Hulk is talking, he's funny, mm-hmm. and they mostly treat him as a horror movie monster in these. Yes. Um, but, you know, and it is, you can have both. It is true one of the reasons I always liked Hulk as a kid is that Hulk is kind of funny. Uh, and I think he is. You're right. Once he talks, it's always sort of funny. But I like that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. I mean, you have to have it's better. It's the only thing that makes sense that people would even team up with him. Because if he can't talk, it's like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. Um, why are you? Also, the thing that's so fun about the Thor and Hulk conversation is that Hulk so quickly like starts speaking at the same level as uh or thor starts speaking at the same level as hulk oh yeah 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 like you get to it's like yeah thor is not really smarter than hulk (laughs) (laughs) they have similar deals you know just like yeah like they they, say they're similar yeah like once they start fighting yeah thor's like you're they call you stupid avenger and hulk's like you (laughs) tiny avenger (laughs) yeah Yeah, it's just, Hulk is so dumb. He just calls people little. Yeah, there's something with Hulk and Valkyrie. It's just just quote every line Hulk has in this movie. Yeah, they're like all great. All. Uh, the, when Valkyrie comes to find Hulk, and he's she's like, "How's it going, big guy?" And he's like, "Pretty good, little girl." And he's like, "What are you up to?" And he's like, "Winning." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I love that because uh, Valkyrie really was when they made Valkyrie a real character, it was on the Defenders. She's Hulk's teammate. Like, there are so many comics with Hulk and Valkyrie on a team together. It was really fun to have them as a team in this movie. Were you upset that in this movie they say they're the Revengers and not the Defenders? Uh, no, I am not upset because they had just done that Netflix Defenders show, and so it was not an option. (laughs) Yeah, but that, yeah, Netflix Defenders show where, does it make any sense that they were called the Defenders? How is that group the Defenders? None of them have ever been Defenders. Uh, Heroes for hire, people, come on! Get with the program, Jeff Loeb. That one wasn't fight. That one wasn't Feige's fault. He wasn't in charge of those shows. Yeah. Now uh, they're on Disney Plus. Yeah. Eh. Watch them if you want, or don't. I don't know. Don't. Daredevil's pretty good. Here's I- the thing I want to say to the people listening to the podcast: us talking about all of these movies and every single one of these TV shows is in no way an endorsement of them. We don't <laughs> think anyone more needs to see these. <laughs> Don't take anything we say as a recommendation, even if we're saying it's our favorite movie of all time. We are not saying with that, with the intention, we're not creating this podcast to get more people to watch Thor Ragnarok. Uh, Yeah, only because enough people have certainly seen Thor Ragnarok. If you haven't seen it yet, don't start now. I will say, didn't get to say it, it's funny, Multiverse of Madness is the third um, multiverse movie I've seen in theaters, and 
I haven't seen that many other movies in theaters, maybe only one other movie in that time, and it was my least favorite of the three. <laughs> your, um, your least favorite multiverse movie, so lower but than... But I really like the other ones, Yeah. so... So low, it's, lower it's, lower than Spider-Man, Far From Home, uh, No Way Home, and then lower yeah. than Everything Everywhere All at Once? Yeah, okay. yeah. Which, I will say... Uh, as we've said before, go see everything everywhere all at once. Yeah, that this do take this podcast as a recommendation to see everything everywhere all at once. All right, Austin, I'm going to put you in a little bit of a hot seat. Uh, mm-hmm. I'd like you to, I know that uh, you're a vegetarian, but I'd like you to imagine that you're now on Hot Ones and I am handing you a very spicy hot wing uh, yeah. as I ask you this question. Where do you rank Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness versus Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titans, the multiverse movie that I wrote? Uh, oh, this hot sauce is actually pretty good. It's got a nice flavor to this wing. Um, that's a good question. Uh, so the list for me goes, uh, Teen Titans uh, Go versus Teen Titans. Best multiverse movie of all time. Um, then we got Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, maybe. And then we got Spider-Verse, okay? Oh, right, Spider-Verse, yep. Uh, and then we got Spider-Man No Way Home. And then we got Doctor Strange. Um... And then we got, uh, I'm going to say that the server verse counts. Okay. And then we got uh, Looney Tunes, Space Jam, A New Legacy down at the bottom. Okay. Uh, Uh, Did that that sound right? Yeah. uh, I mean, it doesn't sound right to put my movie at the top there, but I'll take it. (laughs) Oh, no, Marley. I mean, can we actually, let me just do a little bit thing. Because I kind of think that that might be the critics consensus. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah. Let me just check what the Rotten Tomatoes scores on all those movies are. <laughs> oh, it looks like maybe Teen Titans versus Teen Titans Go is the only one with 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, I think that is true. <laughs> I, well, how can that be, though? <laughs> uh, I believe that means it is an objectively perfect film. <laughs> Wow, that's that's my that's understanding so, of how Rotten Tomatoes works. I just so rarely do all the critics agree with me. Yeah, it's just so rare for all five critics to agree. <laughs> all say above 50%. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway. This is an endorsement of anything Marley's ever written. Go <laughs> buy it on DVD today. Yeah. Hey, by the time you're listening to this, no, wait, we're going to release this in like two days. Well, very soon, Aquaman King of Atlantis is going to be on DVD. Buy it on or watch it on HBO Max. Yeah, it's on HBO Max right now. Also, it just aired on Cartoon Network, the channel. So if you have a if you have Cartoon Network and a DVR, is that something people have? <laughs> yeah, I kept seeing you were posting on Twitter like, watch it right now on Cartoon Network. And I'm like, who is, who are you helping? Who is about to do that? But I know you're just, I'm, yeah, it's just promotion for myself. I just want to remind people I made a TV show and when it is airing is a good time to do that. (laughs) Yeah, that's better than just saying like, I made a TV show, remember? Yeah, no, anytime anything happens with one of my shows, I just announce it just to be like, remind people why they're following me on Twitter so they don't unfollow next time they see one of my jokes. (laughs) Yeah. Um... No, I totally, I don't know. And it it is cool that it went on real TV. Yeah, Um, no, I mean, it is. It's, I mean, the, like, uh, the the other, the actual movies I've written that were for DVD, that uh, Ninja Turtles versus Batman and Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titans, those also aired on TV because that's, you know, that's what they do when they think, when they think something's good and they're happy with it, they put it on every platform they've got. So it is good. 
And like legitimately, it probably a lot of kids got to see it that way who wouldn't have seen it otherwise. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, because, you know. It de- I definitely got a lot more chatter about the Teen Titans movie when it premiered on Cartoon Network than when just when the DVD came out. Yeah. Kids yeah, are still yeah. watching linear TV. Some, not like they were, our business is in trouble. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. But not podcasting. That's booming. Yeah. Every, um, children love podcasts. That's, uh, yeah. So then, yeah, th- you know, Thor and Valkyrie uh, and uh, Bruce Banner. He becomes Bruce Banner again for the first time in two years when he sees, they go to the Quinjet that brought him there and he sees video of Bla- of uh, Black Widow. Uh, and that, that brings Banner back to the surface. And you get one of my favorite Hulk things that we've never seen in one of these movies, which is that Hulk is just as upset to be turning back into Banner as Banner ever is to be turning back into Hulk. Like, the scene where Hulk sees Black Widow and starts to turn back into Banner, what he does is he starts punching himself in the face and yelling, Banner, no, Banner, no. Yeah. It's great. Also, I imagine this movie has your favorite line ever spoken in cinema, which is, Thor says, how long have you been the Hulk for? Hulk for? And he says, Hulk, always Hulk. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, no, you're right. Uh, so me and Austin have both recently read the entire uh, run of Hulk comics called Immortal Hulk. Uh, and probably the words Hulk, always Hulk is the like thesis of that 50 issues of comic marley i'm just thinking if you were to ever get a tattoo i feel like it would be that it would just say hulk always hulk right across your chest uh because the the equivalent line in that comic because that's that comic really plays with the uh multiple personalities and all the different hulks and all the different uh Mm. personas inside banner and there's a point in that where one of the one of the hulks just says we're all hulk all, yeah. all Hulks are Hulk, I think, is the line. <laughs> that one goes so far as to include Banner as a very puny Hulk. Yes, Banner's also a Hulk. Every Hulk is Hulk. Hulk, always Hulk. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, yeah, I mean, the funniest thing is, like, I was I didn't write that many notes because it's just me being like, I like it. I like mm-hmm. this. I like that part. Oh, that part's funny. Because it's also like it's hard to do these about comedies because it's like we're just mostly repeating the jokes we like. Like yeah, you can't make yeah, a joke yeah. about a joke. Um, so it's like a weird thing because it's not like I didn't write. There's a lot of things I like. It's just like, I don't know. Um, it was fun to see they got rid of the Thor the Dark World sci-fi stuff in Asgard. Everybody just has regular swords again. Yeah, I think I, I think I mentioned this when we talked about that movie, but... Yeah, what I, I think this movie figured out the right way to do it, which is Asgard is completely magic and completely fantasy. It's 100% mythology, but 80% of this movie is on an alien sci-fi planet. So there are lots of lasers. There are lots of spaceships. Thor knows how to pilot spaceships. There's a scene when they're figuring out how to escape through the giant black hole thing, and Banner and Thor are going back and forth about like quantum physics because Thor knows this stuff because he comes from a magic sci-fi world. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, but yeah, but the actual look of Asgard is a hundred percent magic. They all just have spears, uh, and, uh, yeah, no, the spears don't, aren't tasers. <laughs> and, and, and the, when, whenever they cut back to Hela, what she's doing is pretty much serious and very 
like fantasy like you know she's rise she's raising all the dead soldiers from her old army she's resurrecting the Fenris wolf uh, yeah, so- Heimdall is, has like a resistance movement where he's hiding the citizens from like Hela's forces. Yeah, yeah, they kill off every other side character so that Idris Elba can be the only one to yeah. have more to do. Yeah, which you know I get it. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's one of the ones where it's like, what? Why isn't he Thor? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. What you have Idris Elba be the guy who looks at stuff? Yeah. What are you doing? Uh, um, and yeah, and we haven't talked about Hela's sort of like lackey in this movie is uh, is Scourge, uh, who in the comics is Scourge the Executioner, uh, a, a big bad bald man with a big axe, uh, yeah. and uh, I I really like him in this movie because his thing is he's the guy Loki puts in charge of the bridge when Heimdall defects because Heimdall mm. realizes Loki the fake Loki Odin is is evil. Uh, and he's just, like, a shitty guy. Like, you see him just, like, showing off the stuff he's used the bridge to steal from Earth. <laughs> yeah. He's just trying to impress these two Asgardian women. Uh, he does a terrible job warning Loki that Thor is coming. He does a terrible job uh, stopping Hela from coming through the bridge. And she just looks at him and she's like, you look like a guy with some good survival instincts. So why don't you be my new henchman? And he's just basically there so that Hela has someone to explain everything to. But what I what I love about him, his arc is that she makes him his her executioner right before Thor and everyone show up. He's uh, she's gotten all the people in town. She's going to force them to tell her where Heimdall is so she can get the sword so she can use the Bifrost. And she just grabs a they grab a random woman and she tells Scourge like, all right, execute her. They won't talk. Execute her. And Scourge lifts up his axe and is about to do it. But then is stopped. Like, that's when Thor's Mm -hmm. invasion starts. And I really like that the Scourge arc is he didn't even actually do anything bad yet, but he knows he would have. Mm. And that's enough for him to feel like he has to sacrifice himself to repent. And I think that's cool. I like like that he just knows he was going to do it. If if Hela had won, he would have just been Hela's guy and killed people for her. And he's like, that sucked that I know that about myself now. Yeah, I was also wondering, you know, it's in- they got rid of so much of the supporting cast and then created this new character to just be a guy hanging around mm-hmm. in Asgard when a lot of the ones, uh, this is kind of unrelated, but I was like, he's played by Carl Urban. Yeah. Um, and uh, he's from New Zealand. So oh. I was like, oh, that makes sense that they put him in this movie. He's that- probably one of the most famous actors from New Zealand. That does make sense. Uh, well, I can tell you part of why they did it. It's because the Warriors 3 in... 50 years of comics have basically never done anything cool ever. Uh, Mm -hmm. And Scourge has done one cool thing once, which is when he grabs two giant guns, becomes good, and goes out on a bridge shooting a thousand guys with his giant guns, which is a thing Mm -hmm. from a Walter Simonson comic. (laughs) Yeah, and they didn't have a scene where they were like, we need a character with ten little kids. Um, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And a a nice wife, and he loves food. He's always hungry. Yeah. Do you have one? Yeah, one one of the most famous images in Walter Simons Walt Simonson's comic is Scourge on the bridge with the two guns going out in the in the blaze of glory. Uh, yeah, so I can that is it that is it's cool. So I can see why they wanted to do it. So that's what Scourge does. He feels bad, and he he has the chance to just escape with the re- other refugees, but decides to go back and uh, and uh, give everyone else the chance to escape. I do have I have one I have a, a good friend named uh, Steve Clemens who I I know listens to the podcast, and so I do feel like I should mention that 
Steve, you know, is not a huge fan of these comics and didn't have an emotional attachment to the image of Scourge with the two guns. And so he thought it was kind of crappy that in like this day and age and with like gun right politics the way they are to valorize the image of aren't these guns cool? Because when he initially shows off the guns as part of his like loot, it's definitely supposed to make him look stupid that he has them. Where he's like, yeah. look at my cool stuff, look at these cool guns, and you're supposed to be like, what a loser. And it, if you're, if you're not already attached to the image of him with the guns, I could see how it's like a weird like vindication of a shitty thing that he is awesome with the guns at the end. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I totally get that. I mean, it's one of those weird things where it's like, yeah, why the why is it's such a random weird thing to be in the movie, and then it's like, oh, it's from a comic. And then, yeah, <laughs> like that's how my brain works. Like when I saw the Batman, um, I was like, they didn't even set up that. Like, I guess Gotham is always because I haven't really read many Batman comics. Yeah. So it bugged me that they don't set up that Gotham is like about to flood at all times. Yeah, it's below, and that there's like well below sea level <laughs> yeah so i'm like what they do and then um i was complaining about that and someone told me like oh no that's from the comics that's how it is and i was like oh okay then that's fine <laughs> i guess they could have set it up even less then great yeah. great work i did i did that in doctor strange i mean i guess this is a spoiler but i don't think anyone will care when he references his, his sister mm-hmm. uh because it really does kind of come out of nowhere in the movie uh, and kind of changes what we know about Doctor Strange and why he's like this. And yeah. I actually didn't really like it. I was like, mm, I don't know if you really need that. I don't know if that really ex- really does explain everything. And it doesn't seem, it seems like an added detail. Anyway, it's from the comics. Uh, and when I learned that, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, good. 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 Oh, good. I'm glad you got it in there then. Oh, thank goodness. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, um. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I, I'm... I'm glad they did Scourge with the giant guns because that's from the comics. <laughs> yeah. Um, it sure is. Yeah, I mean, you know, music is good in this one. Yeah, it's um, Mark Mother. It's, it's Mark Mothersbaugh from Devo. Yeah. He's yeah, also, I wonder, is he, there he does, a guy with a Devo helmet in the background of this movie? <laughs> I know. They're good. I feel they're, like you could do that really easily. It would have fit. There could have been. Uh, yeah, I, I actually think this movie has one of the more distinctive scores of any of these Marvel movies. Oh, um, yeah, it's, it's one of the only ones where, like, the main theme doesn't just sound like this orchestration from the Avengers, which basically all the other ones do. Yeah, no, I mean, it sounds awesome. Um, I really like it. I think it might be my favorite score in one of these movies. Yeah, um, uh, I think that's definitely true. I think... I think the Guardians would be close if the whole thing was like the disco version at the end. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because yeah. the guard, I think the Guardians 2 score is actually great. I just don't totally love how they, like, arranged it, basically. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so this is my favorite one. Uh, it's got a great, you know, they just wanted the whole thing to feel kind of 80s. Uh, and the score, yeah, and the score yeah. does. I mean, yeah, we didn't talk about Immigrant Song yet. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, it's funny because I was not really for this movie... But I've been re I've been reading uh, Jason Aaron's Thor God of Thunder with Gore the God Butcher because uh, that's going to be in the next movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the letters page of that, this is a comic from 2012. Someone's like, "What what what music would be the soundtrack of Thor?" And he writes, "Well, I don't know. I've been listening to Immigrant Song a lot while I was writing it, but that's probably too on the nose." <laughs> and yeah. then it's in the movie, baby. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's good. They did it. It's a good idea. I mean, it's just like, don't overthink it, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's like playing Iron Man in Iron Man. Just do it. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except it's even better because, I mean, Norse mythology is a whole thing. Yes. You know? There's a lot, like, yes. Yeah, a lot of songs about it. <laughs> yeah. And it's also, it's, yeah, it's it's a real song that people like. Yes. No, it's awesome. It's really, really good. Um, they use it. They both. play it in the movie twice. Yep. Uh, one thing that's funny, uh, let me know what you think about this. So one thing that's funny, a cool thing about this movie is that if you do j- watch the three Thor movies as a trilogy, and no, which doesn't really work, but if you do, it okay. is the story of Thor accepting the role of king. Yeah. <laughs> he does become king at the end of this movie, a thing that he was supposed to do in the first movie, but didn't, and then finally does, and that is cool. One thing that's funny about this movie is that the other thing that happens in this movie, the one of the main themes of this movie is something that is true in this movie, but it is not true in any other movie. It's not true in the comics and it's not true in the mythology, which is the idea that Thor doesn't really need his hammer. The power's inside him. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's weird that this whole movie is about a thing that is blatantly not the case? Because <laughs> um... in the, ne- the next time we see Thor, the first words out of his mouth is, I need a new hammer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I think it's a good, I don't know. It's fun in this movie and the him having, the thing that I like about it is that uh, they have him shoot as much lightning as I want him to be doing. Mm -hmm. Like, he doesn't shoot that much lightning in the, like, in the movies prior to this, it's whenever he's hitting people with lightning, it's treated as like a, oh, it's his special move Mm -hmm. rather than like the thing that's happening all the time. So I think that's fun. Um, I don't know. I mean... No, I mean, I think in this movie, it's awesome, and it works great, yeah. because the two times they play Immigrant Song are the two times Thor's at full power. So the first yeah. time is he has the hammer, and he's just being awesome, and then he loses the hammer, and so for the whole rest of the movie, he's in a diminished state. And then at the very, very end, he gets a vision of Odin who says, are you Thor, god of hammers? And he's like, no, thunder! And then he, now he has his full power again, but without the hammer, and they do... He does a similar fight scene, but he doesn't need the hammer anymore. And in this movie, it's awesome. It's just not the true. <laughs> like, it's not the yeah. case ever again. <laughs> no, it's not the case ever again. was not the case before. Um, I, so it's just, yeah. I guess it's just a question, like, with these movies being interconnected. I think it's it's both it's it's acceptable and also necessary for these movies to have their own conclusions you can't you can't end every movie like it's to be continued for the next one that would suck it's cool yeah. that this movie has a self-contained arc that he loses the hammer he learns he doesn't need the hammer but is it undercut by the fact that we know he does need the hammer uh yeah i don't know i don't think so i think that these movies are basically just way more self-contained than people treat them as mm-hmm. and like, I don't know. I know people were, a lot of people are were upset about then how Thor is treated in the next movie and that all of that, basically the whole arc of this movie gets uh, uh, taken away the next time that Thor is back. Right, because um, he, he loses his kingdom, gets an eye, his eye back, and gets a new hammer. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's like, I don't know, it's a new movie. So, yeah, they reset Thor to the status quo, basically. Yeah. Um, and it's like, yeah, you have to do those resets. I mean, it's the same thing of like, I just don't expect these things to be consistent at all. Like yeah. next time we see Thor, he can also be, a, to have a new deal, you know? Like, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's, it's, it wouldn't work to make, like every movie basically needs a new status quo. You can't make multiple movies. Like we talked about that with Captain America where we're like, 
Winter Soldier is so good, why can't there be five Captain America movies like Winter Soldier? But that's why, because they basically never make a second movie with the same status quo. And and the times when they do, it's the worst movies. Like Iron Man yeah. 2 is basically the same status quo as Iron Man. Age of Ultron is basically the same status quo as Avengers. And they're the worst ones. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even Guardians 2 is like the status quo set up at the middle of Guardians. Yeah. Like it starts off, it's nothing has changed about their relationships yeah. really so all the um, all the good sequels are pretty different than the one before them yeah um so i don't know i just feel like yeah i'm fine with it because this movie exists and it's its own fun cool thing yeah like, and it and it works awesome in this movie uh absolutely. i also really like thor in infinity war and endgame i think he's super funny yeah um, i think he's great and also in obviously in in endgame it's Thor gets a little goofier uh, just because of the way they treat his crippling depression. Uh, but in Infinity War, like, I don't know, Infinity War is also the one where he, like, sits down and just actually lists all his loved ones that have died and everything that he's lost and what a basically terrible month he's had. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it is. It's He's one bad thing away from happening to him. It's everything falling apart. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, so I, you know, yes, I like Thor. You, look, I like Thor in every movie he's in, uh, except uh, Age of Ultron is the only one where I don't like how they treat Thor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they don't treat anybody nice in that movie. They really don't. Uh, Quicksilver's cool. <laughs> yeah, because he does. Well, you don't have anything to compare him to. Yeah, exactly. Oh God, I wish Quicksilver had been in a second movie. <laughs> hey, you know what? He won't be. <laughs> He really, truly won't be. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing yeah. I'm more sure of is that we will not see him. Yeah. We will not see him again. Uh, uh, but, uh, talk about the end of the movie? Yeah, uh, let's do it. What happens? What's their What's their cool trick for defeating Hela? Uh, they uh, get they put Surtur's head in the fire and he gets big and destroys everything like in the story. Like in the story. It wasn't um, that's it wasn't about stopping Ragnarok, it was about causing Ragnarok. And Loki's the one who does it, which is the case in the in the in the well, in the comics, but because in real life Loki sets off the events that start Ragnarok. Yeah, yeah. Cuz in the myths Loki's ev- uh, more of a bad guy than he is in these movies. Yeah, much much well, it's it goes back and forth. It's like in half the myths he's much more their friend uh than in the movies, and in half the myths he's so much more evil. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, um, these movies don't even have Balder the Brave, who's so incredibly central to the mythology. That uh, he was always, like, in the comics, but when Walter Simonson came in, they started really playing up Balder. Because, like, he's there, like, Galahad, or, like, Jesus, basically. Like, he's not the main character, but he's, like, the most important one. Yeah, but it's... Yeah, that's why he's not in it. It's confusing. (laughs) Like, and then he doesn't, like, why, what... You know? Yeah, like what? What? What would you do with Balder, the the nicest, prettiest, most beloved god who's destined to, like take the throne when everyone else dies <laughs> yeah like what and wait where and then it's like it's kind of because in the movies that's like thor is meant to be the like pretty yeah cool one that's super popular and stuff and then i don't know it'd be like i don't know they could put Balder in one of these movies still yeah apparently uh daniel craig was gonna play Balder in multiverse of madness and then he stepped back because of too much covid <laughs> 
Oh, wow. Daniel Craig was like, I'm not going to die for real to be in this movie for one minute. <laughs> was he going to be on the, in the, oh, wait, we can't. I know. You know, yes, it. yes. The answer is yes. The scene you're imagining he would have been in is the scene he would have been in. <laughs> sure. He would have, sure. here, we'll, we'll keep doing our spoiler free. It would have been him instead of the person I was least excited to see. <laughs> oh, great. Yeah. Well, 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 well. <laughs> That's the rumor. I don't know. I, I'm on TikTok too much. <laughs> Let's talk about my favorite person to see. Yeah. Hulk. Uh, Hulk. Hulk punches Surtur, and then Thor says, stop. For once in your life, don't smash. And Hulk goes, but big monster. <laughs> um, one thing that's fun is Hulk doesn't want to leave Sakaar. No. Um, and then uh, Bruce Banner leaves. Yeah. Um, so Hulk's probably kind of upset. Yeah, they basically kidnap Hulk. Uh, yeah. Hulk very explicitly wanted to stay on Sakaar and probably would have liked Sakaar even better after they overthrew the Grandmaster. Hulk would have just become king of Sakaar like he does in Planet Hulk. <laughs> And then it would have sadly been blown up by Meek um, because he thought Hulk became too weak. Yeah. So then Hulk. Hulk, uh, went, Hulk went soft. Meek had to remind Hulk what it means to be Hulk. <laughs> um, which would have worked. You know, I, I, I'm, that, I'm just so upset that they're not doing that story. Yeah. Um, uh, my only pitch is I would have loved e- either subtitles for Meek or have uh have Korg respond to Meek like Rocket does with Groot. Mm. Uh I would have loved a joke or two about Meek being at more bloodthirsty than Korg about what's gonna happen in the revolution. That's yeah, that's yeah. the my only note is I would have liked to imply that Korg is just planning on arresting the people uh that are t- have ruled over them and Meek is like we will slit their throats and bathe in their blood. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, he's preparing, but we do have the best joke, which is that at the vi- the very end of the movie is Thor saying, okay, Meek, where do you want to go? Where are you from? And Korg's like, I stepped on Meek. He's dead. I've just been carrying him around all day because I felt so guilty. Yeah. Um, and then Meek is okay. And then uh, Thor says, Earth it is. Yeah. Uh, it's very funny. It's great. I love, I love it. But then instead, Thanos kills half of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he does. Um, but uh, then they go to Earth. After they do. That. They do go to Earth. They they, they do, live on Earth. They do, and and uh, Odin specifically. They find Odin hanging out in Norway. One, I don't know the deal with this, but I know they changed the scene with Odin and Hela. And if you look at the deleted scene, the, if you look at the deleted scenes, there's an extra Doctor Strange scene that like shows what it was gonna be. It used, originally it was gonna be that they find Odin in New York. And Hela, oh, wow. and Hela attacks them in New York. If you look at the earliest trailer, Hela destroying the hammer is happening in like an alleyway. Wow. Um, and for some reason they moved it. I also think there's another deleted scene where Thor specifically says Hela killed Odin, which really is not what happens in this movie. So I think yeah. that in that version, Hela shows up and kills Odin. Okay. Um, obviously they switched stuff around, but the way they switched around is that Odin's hanging out in Norway and he specifically says like Asgard is not a, is not a place. It's a people that anywhere could be home. This could be home of Norway. Yeah. Uh, and so that is where they wind up setting up new Asgard. And then he turns into a cloud of magic dust. Yeah. So in the comics, Odin has a power that they call the Odin force. So mm. I like to think that Odin has become an Odin force ghost. Oh, he certainly did. 
Um, <laughs> had a note. I wrote that. Had that ready to go. <laughs> the, yeah, you went Odin Force Ghost. Yep. Yeah. Uh, he has the Odin Force. That's so cool, you know? Uh, yeah. Because it's like how to... I guess it's like the Speed Force, where it's like, how do they go so fast? To the speed? Yeah, has the Odin How's Force. Odin so strong? Odin Force. Odin is so much more powerful in the comics than he is in... Uh, we've talked about it. Like, in the comics, Odin can beat Thanos. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, and also in the comics, you know, Odin can summon Asgard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just can do anything. They're magic. I was reading because I was reading those Jason Aaron comics. There's a part of the point of it is that he's doing Thor at three points in his life: young Thor, present day, and then like ten thousand years in the future, like all father Thor. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then the the versions meet each other, uh, and uh, old Thor says like uh, he's like ah, meeting my younger self has reinvigorated me. I feel the Thor force cursing through my veins. Uh, and the other Thor is like, you mean the Odin force? You possess the Odin force? And he's like, we call it the Thor force now. <laughs> it's, it's really good. Oh, God. Um... <laughs> and it makes you realize how dumb it is whenever Odin says, I feel the Odin force. <laughs> it's very narcissistic. <laughs> we call it the Thor force now. <laughs> Oh my god. They all have capes at the end. Everyone has a cape. Yeah. Um, Valkyrie's got a nice she gets a nice set of armor when she gets She has a blue cape. Uh, Thor has a red cape. Loki we, has a green cape. We we skipped it, but there's a, a really cool flashback where you see that the reason Valkyrie's like just an alcoholic bounty hunter now is because back in the past, Hela killed all the Valkyries and there's a super cool flashback scene shot with a uh, brand new camera Taika Waititi's friends had just invented. Yeah, his friend Craig from uh, What We Do in the Shadows. Yeah. The one who's not an actor. Yeah. It's insane. Invented a new kind of camera. Like, people talk so much about, like, CG and, like, it's all computer effects. But, like, if you look at, like, what James Cameron's doing, you know, what are you, whether you like him or you don't like him. Or, like, you look at this scene, like, even with all the computer effects, at the end of the day, if you really want to do something no one's ever seen before, you still need to invent a new camera. Yeah. Yeah, or, like, even, like, yeah, they had to do that stuff for gravity and stuff, yep. like. Like, things are still, I don't know, hasn't changed as much as people think it has. Yeah. It's still just a man with a movie camera. <laughs> just uh, like the Lumiere brothers wanted. Yeah. We're still just making movies of factories. <laughs> yeah. We're still just uh, watching trains go. <laughs> what is Thor Ragnarok but a very big uh, uh, group of men leaving a factory to go home? <laughs> or perhaps a strong man flexing? Yeah, yeah. You know, what it, What indeed. <laughs> um, man, well, we, we went to film school. Yeah, we went to film school and this is all we got. <laughs> uh, I feel like... Yeah, we're doing Iron pretty. Mans. Yeah, we're doing pretty good. How many? Uh, how many Iron Mans do you give this movie, Austin? So I do a little thing <laughs> on the podcast where I compare each movie to the original film Iron Man. I'm gonna say two Iron Man. Whoa, that is the highest score you've ever given a movie. I gave Civil War two Iron Mans. Yes. Yeah. I mean, this is a weird one because I'm. No, I wasn't surprised rewatching it. You know, like yeah. I feel like some of the movies, like Thor or whatever, have been very like, oh my god, wow, this one's so much more fun than I remember it and I don't remember it but this one I'm like yep it's still one of my favorite movies that I really like so one the only thing that was different for me is I, I I have been so inundated with the narrative that this movie was really jokey and didn't take the characters seriously 
And mm-hmm. what this movie doesn't, except except for Scourge right at the end. Uh, well, no, there's some moments with Thor. But I would say what this movie doesn't take seriously is bravado. Like all the mm. all the dramatic moments that are undercut in this movie are like someone trying to be really cool and then it not yeah. working. It's all every time Thor is tr- about to say that's what heroes do, he gets the timing wrong and fucks it up. Or like mm-hmm. when Bruce Banner is like, "Do you want it? You wanted to know who I am? Well, just watch this." And he jumps out of the plane and instead of becoming Hulk, he just face plants and dies. <laughs> yeah, which is great because you know, Immortal Hulk uh, confirmed. Yeah, um, I made a note of that. <laughs> Yeah, he does just straight up die and Banner, then turn into the Hulk. So yeah, it works like a mortal Hulk. Banner die, yeah, he dies and Hulk resurrects him. Uh, but what this movie does, it doesn't undercut actual dramatic moments. It only undercuts like attempts to be badass. All the all the like drama of this movie is taken very seriously, uh, and it, it is more like Kenneth Branagh's Thor than I thought it was going to be. They're not like screaming their lines as melodramatically because they're not being directed by a Shakespearean director, but there are yeah. more moments like that than I thought there would be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's that really sweet scene with Thor and Loki in the elevator where Thor is like, I, don't, I gave up on you. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever, stay on this terrible planet. That sounds good for you. Yeah. Um, and then, and, yeah, and then Loki tries to betray him again, but Thor knew he was going to do that and has slapped a zappy collar on him. <laughs> yeah, so many people get taser collared. Um, yeah. Hey, this movie goes back to the Kenneth Branagh classic, which is it is funny to zap Thor with electricity and smush his face against glass. <laughs> yeah, it happens so many times. Yeah. Uh, so what I do is I count the Iron Mans in the movie uh and uh and tell you that number and i'm gonna you know i don't want to take a lot of our time on this i'm gonna say bruce banner dresses up in stark's clothes on the quinjet and he says what if i pretend to be tony stark as a disguise as if the aliens know what bruce banner looks like so i'm gonna give this movie one full iron man because tony stark is iron man and bruce banner is pretending to be tony stark for a second there um yeah jumping off that it's funny we didn't talk about dr strange who's in this movie oh yeah dr Um, strange is in this movie (laughs) uh i think it's kind of i think this is the only movie where he's got his big orange gloves right he doesn't yeah i was just gonna say that because i was like i love his gloves Mm -hmm. um they don't have the print the cheetah print on them that (laughs) i'd like they don't um but uh they really took a step back that it's the only time. Yeah. He's got the gloves. Uh, for a second, I thought he didn't have the eye of Agamotto. Cause I forgot that in these early movies, the eyes on a much longer chain and it hangs mm-hmm. down on his chest. Uh, Cause in the new movie, they moved it up to be part of the clasp of his uh, cloak. Like it is in the comics. Oh, um, we are also tracking when he becomes sorcerer Supreme and it's not yet. They don't say, so I guess it's, probably they first they must say it in infinity war right i mean he better say it in front of peter parker or else there's no reason for peter parker to have said i thought you were sorcerer supreme yeah because in in this movie they call him a wizard and he specifically says master of mystic arts yeah so he is not sorcerer supreme yet let's see yeah uh it'll probably be in infinity war and if it isn't then they made a huge mistake Oh my god, giant continuity error. <laughs> It'd be very funny if he never became Sorcerer Supreme. I, just I'm to... starting to think there's a chance. Yeah. But we'll we'll find out. I bet I bet the Obsidian Maw calls him that in Infinity War. We'll see. 
Okay, so yeah, I um, uh, I was just making a joke because who cares about you saying there's one Iron Man in this movie? Remember <laughs> we used to fight about the Iron Man thing? Yeah, I remember when you used to care. I've always cared, and I still do care. I think there's one Iron Man in this movie. You know what's crazy? You say, I always used to care. When I first pitched this idea in the first episode, you thought it was bad, <laughs> and I thought it was a good idea. I, well, I'm saying um, once I started rating them, I cared about my ratings. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I, you know what it is? Is I, at first, I was upset that you weren't doing my rating system, mm -hmm. okay? And now, I've, oh, I've never cared about how many Iron Man, the man you think, are in the movie. Because <laughs> sometimes it's like, oh, what do you... It's also, it's a very confusing scale. Because I feel like I've been getting some heat for the numbers from myself. I've been getting some heat <laughs> yeah. about... Yeah, you've, and been, I'm just beating your, about you've it. been beating yourself up. So if there's a movie just with Tony Stark in it, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. He doesn't put on the suit. Yeah. That would be one Iron Man? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it depends so on the movie. you're saying that Thor Ragnarok gets as many Iron Mans as a movie with just Iron Man, with Tony so Stark I, actually in it? I think you'll find, Austin, that there is no movie that actually has Tony Stark in it that I only give one Iron Man. Yeah, that's If true. he's actually in the movie, you're getting at least a one and a half Iron Mans. Most of the Iron Mans have been over one. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, I don't think I've ever given a movie that actually has Iron Man in it only one Iron Man. Um, what about Incredible Hulk? I think I foolishly counted Hulk's Iron Will as half an Iron Man. <laughs> so, did you think you gave it one point five then? I, you know, I might have only counted Tony Stark without the suit as half an Iron Man back then. Oh, <laughs> way! but I have pretty much recanted that whole rating. Um, so, uh... I'm just saying, if, if, if Marley then knew that later you would say someone dressing up as Tony Stark counts as much as Tony Stark being in a whole movie, I think he'd say, wow, I learned a lot from watching 17 more of these films. Yeah, I mean, if, look, look, do you want me to fucking do this? I could do this. They talk about Stark a lot. They talk about his nicknames for them. You find out that the Quinjet is keyed to his pop culture reference names. Like, the way Thor activates the Quinjet is by calling himself Point Break. <laughs> oh my god, Marley, I'm so sorry, but, like, um, I need to help someone <laughs> I, i've got to wrap up the podcast there's like someone who i really need to help i'm just saying all the references to stark count as an iron no Man. no it, it's super interesting marley it's, just, it's, like, <laughs> it's like this person who's like really i'm the only one who can help them uh, and i've been texting them saying could someone else help you and they're like no it's gotta be you austin so i think I gotta... that you say you don't care about my ratings but you do care in that you don't want to hear them, which is an opinion. I guess I'm hearing now from the person they're like stuck in a tire and I need to lift the tire off of them. They're like, they're like bound. They don't know anyone else strong enough, of course. And, and near enough. Oh, okay. It's a proximity it's thing more than an ability thing. It's a lot of things. Yeah, you're right, Marley. I do care. You know, <laughs> they, they, you know, they say that classic thing, you know, that the only way men have been able to say that they're less emotional than women uh -huh. is by branding anger as not an emotion. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's why I say I don't care when I'm actually angry about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know... That's all I want, because if this movie has taught us anything, is that it's totally fine if brothers hate and try to kill each other sometimes. 
Yeah, and they're still brothers. They're still brothers, no matter how many times one of them tries to murder the other one. <laughs> yeah. Well, next up is Black Panther. Uh, uh, another a, movie with siblings. Yeah, a movie where uh, uh, I think it's cousins try to murder each other. Yeah, but he has a sister. Black Panther has a sister. He does have a sister. They have a good relationship, though. Yeah, they do. Don't try and kill each other. They don't. Um, that's going to be a good one. Set yeah. your dials to Black Panther. Yeah, your t- yeah I'm excited. Uh, all right, well, we should uh, get out of here before it becomes two full hours. Uh, take it away, newsman. It's me, the newsman. I'm back. Thank you so much for listening to our episode. Please give us a follow and rating on the television if you liked it. I'm a newsman. Our intro and outro music are by Josh Pan. Art is by Will Patrick. Austin Halpern Grazer edits the podcast. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Hero Rewatch. Marley is Marley HG on Twitter, and I'm Austin HG. For some more Hero Rewatch stuff, look up Austin Halpern Grazer on Instagram and TikTok. And that's all the news. Good night, New York.